And we're back. We are back in the new year. Yes. This is a new season of Snarf Talk. Oh, it is. What is this? Season four? This is four? season four of Snarf Talk. I know a lot of you guys may not know that we do seasons, but if you do the whole Apple iTunes, like uh, Apple podcast type thing. Apple podcast app. There are seasons of Snarf Talk where they catalog our episodes within seasons. And we always do that at the beginning of the year. This is the first episode of the new year, 2020. Happy New Year, Christopher. Happy New Year. And it is the first episode. I'm making, trying to make sure our live stream is up. Season four. Is it? It is. Yes, it is. you're getting tons of notifications on your phone in front of me that say, Snarf Talk is live. Oh my God, Snarf Talk is live. We're live. <laughs> we are live. <laughs> Um, and it's, uh, yeah. yeah, new year, a new start, a new fresh beginning. It is like a fresh start to the Snarf Talk year. Isn't like, it weird how whenever it's a new year, it really does. It, like it feels like everything resets, but there's no reason for it. It's just a ra- random date on a calendar, really. You know, I don't agree with you. Really? No, I don't. And here's the thing. I, I used to. I used to feel that way every other year. This year, I do not feel the same way. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Let, let me paint a picture for you, Chris. Yeah. Get the, get the happy little trees going. Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, there were happy little trees, right? Yeah. Going. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mordor falls on the world. Sauron. Which is, yeah, Sar- Sauron and Saruman. Either one. Very confusing. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Anyway, uh, it, you know, the whole COVID thing, put a damper on the year. I get that. Here's where it doesn't feel any different. So it didn't affect my life the same way it affected a lot of people, people's lives, right? So Amy and I still went to work. We were very lucky to be able to still go to work and do what we needed to do and have jobs. And the only way it did in the beginning is that the boys were out of school. But we got over that, and then Mazan started going back to school for the new year, and it hasn't really affected us too much. So now when I see people post all of these things about, like, 2021's going to be different, you know, it's not going to be like this terrible 2020, and everybody looks back as 2020 was so horrendous and terrible, I just don't feel the same way. And I understand there was a huge issue in a lot of people's lives and it caused a lot of problems but i don't see a difference coming into 2021 as of right now i mean for the extended future which we do not know how long it will last it's just gonna be the same so well i mean and there's your dose of debbie downer jerry i'm not trying to be debbie downer i'm just saying i walked outside january 1st felt basically the same because I couldn't go into Corleone's and eat a gondola and I couldn't go into Culver's today. I wanted to sit in Culver's, have myself a cherry pie. No, I was thinking more of like, I really like their chicken tenders. Man, I love their chicken Marley tenders. Marley gets their buffalo chicken tenders. She Those are good it. too. Uh, Mr. Rexroad says, hey, I know these guys. And then he tried to correct your grammar, I believe. <laughs> You should have your grammar correct right off the bat. Speaking of Vic, uh, he, he, me and him years ago got into some cryptocurrency stuff, and it is blowing up right now. Yeah, I did too. Just the wrong kind. <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> oh, I had uh, 
what's it called? Eurythrium? That one's the one that blew up in the last two days. Ethereum. Oh, really? Ethereum, yeah. yeah. Oh, I it, guess I better check it's that. It's like then. exploded, yes. Oh, because I have 100% of all of my money into that. Oh, well, good for you. Um, so I need to go <laughs> check that. Uh, I haven't it, looked at yeah. it in months. It's because blown up. And uh, I knew of Bitcoin course, Bitcoin is over 30000 now, so it's blown up. I bought some Bitcoin. Unfortunately, I sold some of my Bitcoin to had... buy another one called Ripple. Oh, yeah? And that one was terrible. Well, everybody thought it was going to be the I thing. I know. But I still have some Bitcoin. Not very much, though. I don't have any Bitcoin. I never got into it because it was too I think expensive. I had $200 worth. Well, but if you use an app called Coinbase... You I have, have that. Yeah. So yeah, I have that. You don't have to buy a, like a whole Bitcoin. No, I understand that. But at the time, I was like, eh, that's too much. Oh, I'm just yeah, going to yeah. get Ethereum because it was much cheaper and I could get more of it. And they were talking about it going up well, on the rise. Has, so that's probably a good thing for you right oh, now. Oh, I dove... Right off the bat, though, like I lost most of the money I invested into Ethereum, so hopefully it came back. It, it did. Oh. It's almost at $1,000 now. I should probably check that. Yeah. <laughs> when we're done with this, I will check that. <laughs> uh, I think I ended up, I had like a couple hundred dollars. So I put a bunch of money in uh, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. I, I had Litecoin, too. Litecoin blew up when I did it, and yep. I, I, took, I put like $1,000 total between all of them. And it blew up, and I took $1,000 out of okay. my original investment. So whatever yeah. was left in there. At the time, there was still $1,000 in there because it had go- it doubled. So I just left it all in there. And then I went way down. But now it's come back. So it's right kind of where I was when it started going all the way down. Which so, is good. Um, if I, if I have a lot of Litecoin still, though. So if Litecoin blows up, I don't think it's going to. But if it does, then it would really be helpful. It would really tip you over the edge. <laughs> Um, a guy that I worked with at Dresden Island Lock and Dam, Jay Gutierrez, says, buy DraftKings. Like the stock? Did they have a stock? I, they must. I'm I, g- I am going tomorrow to buy some Airbnb stock. Really? Mm-hmm. That's got to be expensive. It just, no, it just, the IPO was like a couple, three weeks ago. Um, it's about 140 bucks a share right now. So I was kind of waiting for it to go down a little to buy in, but we'll see. Uh, read Vic's comment. You should have bought that mine to heat your office the past three years and just left it alone. Yeah, so we talked about it at the time. Um, we were I was going to build some mining rigs for Bitcoin, but what's what is that exactly? So how, it's like servers, right? How uh, Bitcoin works is you have computer. There's a finite amount in the world, a finite amount created, right? Okay, and it is attained through mining was what they call it. Yeah. So it's basically setting up com- processors, and a lot of them are done with GPUs, so graphics cards, because they run a little faster. And <laughs> it's just basically running algorithms nonstop. All right? And the goal of that is, so the whole idea is, all that processing power is being used for things. It's being like outsourced to other things. So like your reward for providing that computing power mm-hmm. to the cloud is a little bit of Bitcoin every now and again. Really? Um, very little amount. So, the, well, yeah, but if you're doing it 24 7, it's like well, passive income. Here's right? the thing. Um, the interesting part about it is so, certain rigs obviously are more efficient at it. So, you have to make enough to cover the cost of the electricity to run the mining rig. Oh, I see. Okay. So, um, luckily in Illinois, we have some of the cheapest electricity in the world or in the United States anyway. We do? Yeah, we have one of the. The cheap, I think the cheapest electricity is like here. Really? Yeah, because of all of these nuclear power plants that were dying because of it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Um, so you could do it. But that, at the time I was going to build a rig, uh, 
you couldn't get graphics cards. They were going wild. Bitcoin was going wild. And then mm-hmm. I never ended up doing it. But I did. I was going to buy this specific company that makes one that you can just buy and just plug it in. And that had to be expensive. It wasn't that expensive, really. But the thing is, you got to make enough to cover the electricity to run it. So a lot of places in the U.S. you can't do it. I know, but here, like if you're already going to pay for your electricity for this building, I mean, does it demand a ton of electricity just to buy? No, it's to, like running a computer. It doesn't. Provide, that's what I mean. It doesn't provide that much heat, really. But he's joking. But no, I'm not talking about heat wise. I'm saying ele- electrical wise. Like you're still, you would be able to support the cost of electricity to this building if you added. Yeah, well, like Vic just said, I have an old gaming laptop graphics card running 24-7, making 50 cents a day. Yeah, I mean, how much of a day it makes depends on... 50 cents a day is pretty good. ...what Bitcoin's worth, and also, you know, you got to figure in what you spent for electricity, so... And Hmm. that kind of stuff. Either way, um, I've looked at it a lot. I never ended up doing it. I probably should have, obviously, now, but hey, there's always an opportunity in the future, so... Creates a community supercomputer. Yeah, basically, and the, the algorithm is what supports the tra- he wrote that in there the transaction log so that's what makes the currency valid is that it's so secure because of these transaction records and what creates that is the computing power from the mining so it's like i don't understand any of this <laughs> i don't get it it's just a currency and it's just I know, no but different what, what is your computer doing that supports the currency or creates transaction logs like what is transacting What's the transaction on your computer? So what makes uh, Bitcoin so secure is every transaction is logged, basically, anonymously, but it's logged into the system. So there's like a path of every transaction. Which would go through your computer Um, or your processing power. I mean, you would be a part of the processing power of everybody's that supports the currency. So... Hmm. So the more people that do that, the less you get. Uh, t- yeah. Technically, yeah. Technically, right? Yes. Because it's going through so many other places. Um, no, it would just be... No, there's a finite amount of Bitcoin that was created in the first place. So I know. You but unlock the, it with a certain amount of But that's what I'm saying. Power. So if you have 100 Bitcoin, but 1,000 people have processors all around that are doing a transaction log, it makes 100 Bitcoin less I don't know how for each one of those people, right? Works. I think it just makes the algorithm more difficult. Hmm. That's way beyond my head. Like, <laughs> I can't The reality comprehend. is, it, the idea behind it is we have to, it's kind of like going back to like a gold standard. Like there's a finite amount of this and it has to take a certain amount of work to obtain it. And right. that's what gives it value. So I've seen videos of Bitcoin mines that are in warehouses like oh, a yeah. warehouse of especially overseas bitcoin mines where you they just, build them in china with like they build like a hydroelectric dam and then bitcoin warehouses because the, the is electricity insane. is cheap china owns like five percent of the bitcoin or something it's billions and billions of dollars worth the united states government owns billions and billions and billions of dollars they worth do of bitcoin. yes I did not know this. It's a legit currency, and uh, you know I don't know whether it's going to be the one that wins the future. At some point, the idea is it's a global currency that's not it's not locked into any one government. Like the problem people yeah. have with the U.S. dollar. I mean, we we benefit from it greatly, but the rest sure. of the world necessarily everything's judged upon the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar. They want yeah. our dollars in exchange for goods and services, or proportionally their currency mm-hmm. traded on an exchange. But uh, Bitcoin kind of gets rid of that. I mean, 
It's a good idea. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know that it's going to replace anytime soon, but it, things are going that direction. But I mean, it's gaining ground. It's definitely gaining ground. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see in our lifetime that we won't have a physical currency. Um, there is no physical currency. I mean, the United States dollar is not a physical currency. I'm saying in our lives, you don't think you think that we won't have a physical dollar to represent our money. I mean, we basically don't now. First we of all, during cash. COVID, everything is cashless. So we're already basically I exacting. I used cash today. For the most part, right now, if you look at our total economy, most of it is done cashless. I agree. Most of it, but there all is, of our money exists on a computers. That's I, it. I know this, but we still have physical dollars. People carry cash with them. All the physical dollars are is a legal tender that exchanges that for the value of currency in a computer somewhere. Yes. There yep. is no currency. It's just It's just another form of a credit card. I'm saying, do you think that will go away and it'll all be plastic cards Absolutely. in our lifetime? Absolutely. I think that's going to go pretty quickly. In our lifetime? I think cash is going to... I don't know. I, I think we'll be very old. It's going to be... It's already rarely used. Right. Much, so. much more rare than it used to be. I mean, even 10 years ago. Yeah. And less so. I mean, you might be using cash, but very few places are using cash. No, right now I usually COVID. have no cash on me, but it was Christmas and people handed out cash. For Christmas. So that's why I have cash on me. That's the only reason why. So, I mean, again, the U.S. dollar means nothing. It's a fiat currency. So it doesn't... Fiat, that's a terrible vehicle. (laughs) It it doesn't... It's not anchored to anything of any value. So it's just... Well, I mean, it is anchored to a value, but it's on a computer. I mean, not really. They can just make more of it at a whim, and it really doesn't necessarily change things. It doesn't change the value of that. It does change the value through inflation and deflation, but that happens with all currency. Yeah. But a $50 bill, if you have a $50 bill, that only means that it gets you 50 digital dollars. Currency is only worth what it buys you. All right. So $50 bill is only worth $50 worth of spending. Mm-hmm. And what that spending is changes Could, over changes time. over time. Yes. So it doesn't even represent currency. That fifty dollar bill. No, it doesn't. It, it represents, represents goods. What it can purchase you. Yeah. Your purchasing power. It doesn't represent any goods whatsoever. If you could say one thing that the United States dollar represents, that would be the economy of the United States. That would be the backing of the United States currency. Yes. How in demand that currency is because people are willing to trade it for bonds and. Things yeah, like that. I don't understand why. Why do people want the U.S. dollar over other things? Oh, I mean, well, I'll tell you, originally, Jerry, uh, because we offer a positive return on a bond. So, so buying United States, if you buy a bond, it will be worth more in the future. Mm-hmm. A lot of countries have a negative on that, so it'll be actually be worth less in the future. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? It's very confusing, um, but. It uh, like Germany right now has a uh, negative. I can't remember the term that I'm forgetting. Um, I don't want to say interest rate. I guess it's it'd be an interest rate on their bonds. Um, so if you took out a bond with the German Treasury Department, it would actually be worth less money than when you bought it. But, but that, I don't that's know. why so many dollars flow to the United States. Yeah, because we just, offer a positive return. How do you? Why do you even offer that then? Yeah, that's the other thing Victor put up. Uh, Bitcoin doesn't have an exchange rate. 
there's no exchange rate. The currencies aren't ex- exchanged between different countries. It's worth the same amount of money everywhere in the world. It Whereas takes $50, if traded to euros, is worth something different than $50 traded to pesos and $50 traded to yuan or right. yen or whatever. But Bitcoin's all the same. It's the same everywhere. Wherever you go. Yeah, that makes a lot of but sense. But the legitimacy of a currency depends on the ability of people to take that currency as legal tender. And that is the one drawback so far to Bitcoin is the adopting of that technology has really only been in the tech se- sector. You know? Right. Um, I and mean, people have you know, he's going to say there's that. other people, yeah, you can buy a car with Bitcoin, you can do this, but it's relatively small adoption rate at this point. I have bought things in Bitcoin, but it's still difficult to do. It's still confusing. Really? Until that's fixed, it's not going to It's happen. not going to be taking over anytime soon. What have you bought with Bitcoin? Um, mostly other cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. So, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I do believe you hate to it spend is. Bitcoin if you think it's going to be worth thirty thousand dollars more in value, right? In two years. You know At this I mean? point, it is hard to spend it. Why would you want to spend it? I mean, you're giving away money that could capitalize on itself. So, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So right now, it's looked at more as an investment vehicle than an actual currency. Hmm. And it might stay like that forever. It could be. It's blowing up. Yeah. But, but it's not because China is going to use it to topple the United States government. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, because our advantage in the world right now is the strength of our currency and the fact that it's the world standard. Yeah. So the easy, and, and it's hard to get everyone to adopt to the Chinese currency you know, as the standard mm-hmm. worldwide and everybody be on the same page about that. It's easier to say, Hey everybody, let's go to this global currency that has no borders. Right. Because then so. it takes power away from people and nobody wants that. Yeah. So he says Ethereum is Bitcoin 2.0. So when I put my money in Ethereum, it was less about this is going to blow up and more about this seems like a better. It was more system. affordable at the time. Not that, me. but I mean, for me, it looked like it was going to maybe emerge as the winner long-term. Really? Because it had, there was a pro, there was some pro, there's still some problems with Bitcoin that they seem to address some of those with Ethereum. So we'll see. The new the one that's going to win probably isn't even out yet. Right. Frankly, I mean that's the reality. I just need to study more about this stuff. Yeah, or not. Well, you do if you want to invest in it. I guess, but I mean, there's lots of things to invest in. So Victor was bringing up to me the other day. Um, I don't know how we got off on this topic, but. It's a tangent. Thing, and I don't even understand it. I need to go back and look at that, look at it, but it's called like Earth 2. And it's a digital Earth what? that you can go and start buying real estate on. So that I believe in the future, when everything goes to VR, you will own your piece of real estate on the digital oh version, the VR version of Earth. Um so Anyway, That's blown my I mind. thought it was dumb because I'm like, well, they can just create as many digital versions of Earth as they of want. Of course. So why is this one worth more? I thought it was dumb, and it was very cheap to buy a piece of land. Like you can buy an acre in Grinney County, or you can go buy part of the Hoover Dam, whatever you want. So he threw some money in and bought some stadium in California, and it went from like $200 in value to like 2500 in like two weeks. Are you joking? Land at that time, he was telling me it was going for a dollar an acre, like even in LaSalle County, and now it's going for $16 an acre. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) But it could be worth nothing in a year. So, 
but now I need to look into this and buy <laughs> acreage around here. I would have if it was a dollar, not when it's 16. <laughs> I mean, you could get a lot of acres for $16. One. You can get one acre for $16. I mean, you could get a, a lot of acreage. Now for his stadium's worth $3,200. $2,400 an acre for land now. Oh, no. Well, then I See, won't. <laughs> that's what I, I always <laughs> do. I'm like, I already missed the button. I'm not yeah. <laughs> uh, we're done. Anyway. It, the virtual world of us owning acreage is over <laughs> before a... <laughs> it ever started. Um, all right. So we talked about New Year's. Do you have any resolutions? No, I never do that. I used to, but I fail so frequently that it's not worth it. I did. I'm, I'm going to start exercising starting tomorrow is my start date and dieting. My goal is to lose 80 pounds. Good for you. Yeah. I hope you do. It. I've done it once. I did it three years ago or three or four years ago. Yeah, you, you, I remember when you did. I got down to 200 pounds, which is the lightest I've been since I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And then Marley got pregnant. And all of that it went just away. all went away. <laughs> it just disappeared. Yeah, I need to do the same thing. I'm fat, but I, I just I'm the heaviest. I'm not going to say that I'm going to make a resolution for it because then it binds you to something, and I can't ever fulfill that. I can't do it. One I ring to have, bind them. I understand one one <laughs> ring to rule them all, but I don't have that one ring yet. Well, I am going to start working out. That's my resolution, and. I need to. I eating, need to get up. eating better. I'm not putting pressure on myself to like go keto. I'm not putting pressure on myself to yeah. like calorie count. No. Just stop eating processed garbage and work out. That's what I'm gonna do. Starting yeah. tomorrow. I wanna see you running past my house. I'm going I have an elliptical in my house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amy good. just said the other day we need to get an elliptical. No, you don't because she terrible. likes ellipticals a lot. Or it's not actually an elliptical, it's one beyond that. It's like the it's very similar to an elliptical, but it's something else. Okay. I hate it. I'm hoping I get to like it better. I don't like the motion. It I don't either. It's so unnatural. I hate it. I'm thinking about getting a spin bike, but we'll see. I want to just run on a treadmill. Yeah, I would like to do that too. But the, you tread, got rid the of kind yours. of treadmills that support my weight are like big. What? Yeah. Any treadmill can support your weight, right? No, that one I gave away, like every time I landed, it skipped. Just wasn't designed. Oh, to, I see what you mean. To handle that, it much. stopped the belt. Yeah. Oh well, that's an issue. <laughs> I think you needed to tension your. Yeah, pulleys. probably, but it was a it was a light duty treadmill. I need a commercial grade. Yeah, you need something. <laughs> you need something, you know, hefty. What about Christmas? I know our podcast came out after Christmas, but we actually recorded it before. Did you? We did. Get anything cool? Did you? Not really. Anything? I never do. I get. I got dude shoes. That I've wanted forever that I will only wear in the house. You got dude shoes? Yeah. Hey, dudes. I don't know what that is. Oh, they're like a shoe. I should have worn them, <laughs> but I, they will only be worn in my house. A lot of people wear them around, but um, they're just comfy, like slipper type shoes yeah. that people wear around. And uh, I just needed a new like house slipper, basically. I used to wear these Crocs, but it was like a Croc shoe, yeah. like a slip on like boat shoe thing. I wore those for literally the last 11 years and they were like ripping apart. The whole toes were ripped out of them. There was just strands of fabric that were holding them to my feet and I wore them every day. And Amy made fun of me, teased me. Everyone that saw them was like, are you homeless? What is your problem? I liked them. They were super comfortable. But then one day um, they broke. One one of them broke. The other one was still in good con- like good shape, but 
the right one broke and I wasn't going to walk around with one house shoe. Yeah. So I threw them away and I got those for Christmas. I got a vest. I got some slippers too. Did you? Yeah. I got... uh, I was very excited about these. Like overly excited about shoes. That's when you know you're old. Hey dudes are very popular in the show pig community. It's the dumbest trend to ever be created. Well, I don't think it's a trend. I just wanted a comfy house shoe. Um, I'm not going out to prove anything by any <laughs> means. You could have literally got me. I no, you sh- you can't. I don't necessarily like the regular slipper type slippers. Right? I think they're too hot. They make my feet sweat, and I don't like them. I want like a shoe to wear around the house because hardwood floors wreak havoc on your feet. You know, they just make your heels hurt. And I can't stand around on a hardwood floor for very long without complaining about it. And turns out my whole house is a hardwood floor. So um, shoes work perfectly. Fancy. In house. First world problems. Yeah, it is. My right. feet start to hurt on my hardwood floors. My five inch hardwood oak. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a lot of cool stuff. I got. Uh, you pop, do get so many presents. Maker. I didn't know people over the age of 30 got so many presents. I don't think I got like a lot of presents, but I got I a mean, pasta maker from my mom. That's a good present. Pretty excited about that. that. Uh, Is I, it a, what, who, I what brand? I don't remember what brand, but it's I a nice one. Just saw a video of a pasta maker today that I was like, man. It's like a hand crank one. Oh, it's not like a No, no, it's automated. Small. It's small. It's like you crank okay. it through. Yeah. Um, I got a really nice uh, stainless steel French skillet. Mm-hmm. You made some from my aunt crepes on that. I made some crepes with into some uh, uh, cherries jubilee. Laid them on uh, what fire is that? and everything. It's uh, it's like a you put it over ice cream, and it's cherries. So it's you take orange juice. Okay, you heat it up in the skillet till right. it's boiling. Yeah, and and granulated sugar, a bunch of it, like a lot, until of course you know it starts to get thick and kind of bubbling like a syrup. Dump yeah, like a syrup, and then you dump in the cherries, black cherries. And you get oh them black cherries. That's different than regular cherries. Yeah, Chris. black cherries. And then you get some. Uh, you put some cornstarch in there. Okay, thicken it. And you get that thing all kind of thicked up, thickened up. And then you take it off the heat and you pour in some brandy. Oh. And then you put it back on the thing and then you light it on fire. Flambe. And it flambes. Put it over ice cream. And in this case, I made the crepes. The crepes. You actually make an orange sauce that I didn't have all the stuff to make. Oh. So I decided to make the cherries jubilee, and so I served it over ice cream with crepes. Really? It's delicious. It sounds good. I've never been a scratch. crepe fan, really. Like it, going to a restaurant and getting there's a There's a, crepes. a, a lot of uh, debate over it. Is, it. is it an egg or is it a pancake? Uh, I've, I've, always thought of it, I've always thought of it as a pancake. But it's very eggy. Is it? Yeah. I just thought it was a thinner pancake batter. It's got more egg yolk in it Okay. than a pancake. So it's got a, kind of an egg-like texture to it. It's like a mix between a pancake and a thin omelet textured. Omelette, omelette, I believe it's pronounced. Um, and then, you know, so I got that. Uh, big thing I got it was I got an Oculus Quest 2. You did. Boy. I saw a video of you. Um, that was on, not me. That was Greg. Nope. It was you on Snapchat. When? From your wife. Uh, of you in this dark room. That was Greg. No, it wasn't. It was absolutely it, you. It absolutely wasn't. Yes, it I was. saw that video too, and it was not me. It was Craig. I was never in that room. No, you had the beard. He doesn't have a beard like you. It was you. Okay, I don't know. Maybe it was a different one. Because I, I messaged Marley back, and I was like, 
boy, Chris is going at it. And she just like responded like, ha, ha, ha. Well, anyway. She never told me I was wrong, so maybe it was, but I'm almost positive it was you because of the, the facial hair. Listen, and Facebook you, owns Oculus. Buy Facebook. Okay. This because is of that. The cha- this is the game changer, folks. Once you put one of these things on and use it, you're going, Ready Player One's coming, and it's coming soon. Really? It, it feels that way? so good. It's so immersive. I thought it would be... I've done some other VR stuff in my life before, yeah, yeah. and they're always kind of shit. You did, you did Oculus when it was like plugged into a computer before, no, right? No, I, I, was, I did the Kickstarter, but not at the level where I got the headset. I've always been building my computers out for a Rift, but I've never bought one. They were mm-hmm. kind of expensive. They started coming out with these quests, which are standalone. They don't require a computer, although you can plug them into a computer and expand your game library hugely you can play fallout on there you can play skyrim oh my you can gosh. play call of duty you can play all kinds of stuff in vr uh if you plug it into computer if standalone um there's still thousands of games you can get but they're not as big of games as those there'll okay. be more ones that are designed around the quest yeah I, so anyway i've done vr stuff before in the past i thought every time i've done it i've been like the graphics are kind of clunky yeah. The resolution's not great. I've seen, video, I've seen video of it and thought it was still kind of clunky at nope. some point. Nope. Not yeah. the Quest 2. This thing is like 8K resolution, first off. 90 frames per second. In your face. It's On your eyeballs. You don't understand until you do it. I should have brought it tonight for you to do Yeah. It. You don't understand until you do it. You think like, I can't be fooled into anything. That's the way I kind of feel. When I see pe- videos Wrong. of people like, well, I'm going to fall over. Like, come on, guy. Uh, David says, my family made French pancakes after church a few times a year when I realized they were crepes and we were calling them French pancakes because of Midwestern simpletons. I was very upset. (laughs) And his cousin says, they're French pancakes. Just deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, I've always thought it was The crepes thing came about, it came from my grandpa, my grandpa Harvard, and my dad did it too. But my grandpa got like really, after he retired, he got really into French cooking, like big time. Okay. And like started doing all these, he went to classes, he did, he got really into French cooking. Yeah. And that was one of the things that like stuck around that he would always make is the crepes and then the cherries too, believe. Crepes. Um, anyway, back to the quest. Um, the quest. The second you put it on just in the lobby area, mm-hmm. you're like, I can't, it took me a long time to just get over that. The lobby? It, it's insane how awesome this thing is. So then I started downloading some games. I spent a ridiculous amount of money buying games, by the <laughs> way. They're not cheap. <laughs> okay. I got the first one I got was Beat Saber, which is kind of like oh, a yeah, guitar I've, hero type yep. thing. And that's fun, but not a lot of replay value for me. But it is really? cool. It's cool. It seems really cool. And I'm like, that was where I got into the more like, okay, I get this is like very VR gimmicky. Yes. You know what that I mean? That is. The controllers are amazing. By the way, I just want to point out they're the just controllers. like circles that your hands hold. They're on they're to, like right? an Xbox controller in each hand. Okay, but they can completely map your hands, um, and you do have to press buttons to like grip and grab stuff. Okay, but it becomes so natural. It's just like using your hands. Until I found out yesterday that they had a new beta out uh-huh. where you can get rid of the controllers completely and just use your hands. Oh my gosh! B, it works. How? It just works. I think it has cameras that map your hands and it works a hundred percent perfectly. And you've you can tried do it? different gestures to like grab or not not necessarily grab stuff, but to like select things on the menu. It's incredible. 
So you've uh, tried I, that then? Yeah. You've been doing the yeah. beta? I still prefer the controllers. They're very, very good and very intuitive. Okay. Um, anyway, get back to that. So then I'm like, so after Beat Saber, I'm just like, okay, I get it. These are the kind of games I'm going to get. Right. Cool. So then I downloaded Netflix. Unbelievable. What? Netflix. Netflix. First of all, the Netflix app, you're in like a ski lodge in Colorado sitting <laughs> in front of a, a, a TV. Right, that's your Netflix. So I took it like on and off to see how big the TV would be in relation to my room. <laughs> it's the entire wall of my room. Figure the entire wall of your room being a TV, giant TV. Are you joking? And it's still in 4K. But it looks like a regular video. It looks that you're like watching a on TV? regular TV that's on your wall. Oh my gosh. We're all gonna be living with goggles on and never look at each other again. Okay, so then I downloaded Vader, uh, Vader Immortal, which has been out for a while. Yeah. Um, Jerry, <laughs> this is this is it. It's incredible. Did you feel like you were getting slashed by a lightsaber? It starts out in a ship. You're in a ship. You can walk around your ship, pick up items, look at them, inspect them, do different things, pull the lever to go to hyperspace, all that. Uh, oh, my God. And then later on, the lightsaber combat is meh. You get that later on. Um but it's very short. It was like 20 minutes for mm-hmm. the Vader Immortal game. There's two more I haven't done. There's 20 one. minutes Maybe for the half, whole game? Half hour, yeah. It's, that the, the doesn't games, seem worth it. The games are more like experiences. They're like tailored experiences. No, I got a bundle for 50 bucks, okay. and it was Vader Immortal 1, Vader Immortal 2, Vader Immortal 3. I haven't played the second two. Maybe they're longer. Vader Immortal 1 came out, remember, a couple years ago. Yeah, it did. So that was early technology. Two and three might be better. So that's incredible. I, that's, I just wanted to have you do that alone. When they bust into your ship and the stormtroopers run up on you, you, you step back. Yeah. Because <laughs> you feel like you're being attacked. Yeah. Like it, you feel like it's, they're in front of you. Yes, they are like real people. And I've been to the Damn. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and done the amazing things there. This is better than that. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. In your house. Yeah. And then I got one called Arizona Sunshine. It's a zombie game. And that is more like a video game. Okay. It's running around shooting zombies. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, is there a video game to this? Or yeah, are they that just one all is, I mean, I've probably got an hour or half into this game, and I'm still playing it. Okay. And it's, you're running around this Arizona wasteland. And you're. And that so- sounds like right up your alley. You get completely lost in this. You're just, you're, you're pulling open drawers. You're picking up cart, you know, you're picking you're up bullets. <laughs> you're, yeah, you get sweaty. Oh, my gosh. I have to have this. You have to. Everybody has to get one of these things, even if you're just not even a gamer. So real quick. These are going to be in everybody's house. All right. If we're going. So we do have a top 10 tonight. We haven't discussed this yet, but we do have a top 10. It is our top 10 of 2020. So top 10 of what we've watched. uh, What we've watched. What we have watched, Chris and I, for 2020. This is obviously part of your best 2020 not watched but like of 2020 this is part of the best things you've ever gotten jerry this is one of the best things it's amazing and now you can't stay in it forever i mean like after you're in it for half hour does you do you you need a break like you get fatigued mentally fatigued eye fatigue yeah it's very immersive but do your eye like does your head hurt like your eyes get sore um, or something like no, you know what i mean like, i don't i didn't know no, my eyes didn't hurt um it's heavy on your head so there's a little fatigue there 
I've got a really strong. It's visually stimulating, so it can give you fatigue that way. Like you're very stimulated. Visually fatigued. Not visually, like looking at things, like mentally. Okay. Because it's and I got one. Just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for your brain to process. Yeah. Like you're probably going to die sooner than me because of your. I think maybe it make, keeps brain. you mentally smart. I want to get into like some sort of meditation stuff. There's ones where you can go do meditation in really? places. I got this rock climbing one, which is climbing mountains. I want to do that. It's really fun. You don't use your legs at all, which is kind of weird. You know, you just use your hands. Yeah. Um, I would feel like I would want to lift my legs up while I, I was can't doing wait this. till we get the haptic suits. I, I got a boxing game. Haven't played it yet. I got a bunch of games. I you haven't played the boxing game yet. I haven't had a lot of time to play with it. We were gone. We went to Wisconsin Dells. I haven't really played with it much. Um, I bought a holiday. You didn't take it with you, no, and let everybody else go swim while you stayed well, in the hotel. Room? I got it on Christmas for like the three days following that. I never got to use it because everybody wanted to try it, right? Which is fine. Yeah, no, that makes. And sense. And I wanted people to try it because I'm like, you, ha- you have to do this. <laughs> Just the um, the little tutorial, which is a little tutorial game that you play. Yeah. It's mind blowing. How'd Marley like it? Um, she hasn't really done it yet. Oh no, she no. she never tried it. Not, Out of no. all these people she that had, wanted to no, try it, no, she didn't really try it. She oh. tried it like a little bit. Um, she probably just saw how ridiculous you looked. I was like, I don't want to look I, like that. I'm if I get like a little more into it, like maybe end of this week if we get back and record, I'll let you take it home and mess with it for the weekend or something. Uh, well, I have to. I already know I have to buy it. You need a room. Like you need space. Mm-hmm. How it works is you draw the boundary of where your play area is. And I think you can make it as big as you want. Oh, really? So what happens is you got it on, right? And it switches to a video camera on the front. So you just oh. see the room. And then you spray paint on the floor what the safe area is for you, you to play in. Are you joking me? It's incredible, Jerry. <laughs> like you could trace around things? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's like that part that is, is like, unbelievable. It's like augmented reality. Yeah. The video is weird. It's like black and white and very grainy. That's the one thing that messes with you. I don't know why it can't be like if Just, it's a video camera. It right. seems like it should be straight through, but it's not. Um, but, yeah, I know. Uh, I think this Quest 2 is a huge improvement over the past. They've really stepped up the resolution and everything going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to get uh, Skyrim VR, but it's an older game, so I'm not sure what it'll look like. But I don't know. But running around that world would be amazing. Yeah, you still use your thumbstick to run around, like to move. Yeah. So what you do is you like put forward. You don't run like in a video game traditionally. You'll put a spot on the floor and with run your thumbstick, and then you let go. Basically, no, and it just like changes the whole scene like forward. Mm, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if they've gotten to fluid running yet. I don't know if they have the power. I bet if you hooked it to a computer, you'd have the processing power for that. But you sure. got to remember, the computer and everything is in is that in headset. It's in your face. Yeah. So it's not super powerful as far as that goes. Now, the video quality and the screen quality is exceptional. That's why sure. I think if you plug it to a computer where you had, where you had what we have on our Xbox Ones, mm-hmm. I think that then that would be... You know, that would be what you need. Well, I'm going to have to get But this computer right here will run it. It will? So I just need to get a a link cable, which is just basically a USB cable. And they sell them. They're 16 feet long. Oh, my gosh. So you can go anywhere. (laughs) I want to go out in my my dad's shed, empty everything out of it, and paint the whole floor of the shed into the game area. And just walk around. Because with that Star Wars one, you could 
I haven't done it in an area much bigger than like six by six or ten by ten, maybe tops. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to find. You realize that it's hard to find big open spaces anywhere. Yeah, in your house, you know, I don't have that many places in my house where I have just open space. Yeah, so I might have to do my whole basement. Yeah, I mean, if you can start out with like a ten by ten area, you'd be solid. You can do anything you want in that. Well, yeah, I mean, I could, like I said, my whole basement's open, so yeah. I could do my whole basement and or like an easy. 10 by 10 or 12 by 12, whatever in my basement to make it work. So Oculus Quest 2, highly recommend. Everybody should wow. get one. Buy stock in Facebook because they own it. And it's amazing. Yeah, Nolan's I didn't got know. one too. We've been oh, he does? Yeah, I friended him on there. Um, and you can chat in there. There's a web browser in there. You can browse the web. You can do whatever you want. There's lots of website stuff that is VR capable. Really? Yeah, there's like Google Chrome in there. It's it's like a computer. That's inc- incredible. The the Netflix thing is what blows me away is that you're sitting in a lodge watching Netflix but you're at home. Yeah. Like you could be sitting in your own chair like or whatever and watching Netflix but it feels like you're somewhere else. I mean, the lodge aspect of it is fine. It's more just like the surroundings. It's more the size of the screen. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like see it, the wall then, behind you? Yeah. All the way from that room to that that would be the screen, the whole wall. In front it's of It's like me. a movie theater. That's awesome. And you're sitting in your house watching that in a box that's literally right in front of your face. How do they do that? Yeah, I don't know. How do people do this? It's incredible. Well, I have to have one. <laughs> and they're only uh 299. No, 399. There's 399. There's two. There's a 299 one that's 64 gigs and there's a 256 gig one that's 399. I would recommend the bigger hard drive. Right. Definitely. Everybody cuz I don't think there's a slot for an SD card. I mean, why would you need that though? Because you had to download all the games to the memory. Oh, to the memory. So you could download it to a computer and then have the cord. You could, yeah. And do it that way. If you hook to the computer, there's this thing called, I think it's called a side loader, where you can access, there's a whole world of people that have created games and independent games and things for VR mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily in the Oculus store. And it gives you access to all of that. Thousands and thousands of thousands of independent games and wow. mods by people and all kinds of things. I mean, anything you can imagine. Yeah. No, I get <laughs> it. Yeah, a lot of that. Hmm, interesting. I haven't done that yet. I, I, like I said, I, I maybe only got a, an hour, maybe a couple hours into this thing is all. Well, again, I need it, and I have <laughs> to have it in my life. Just from the, like the minimal time that you've played it, it just sounds... Do you have contacts? No. That's going to be difficult um, with your glasses. They do have a glasses spacer, and I, a couple oh, yeah, people I have used glasses with them, but most people that buy them... Will buy. They sell the the little lenses that lenses are in there. Lenses that fit inside of them. No, they. You can take the lenses out of the Oculus and put in prescription lenses. Yeah, that's how gas masks work yeah. for the military. And as they're well. only. I don't think they're very expensive. But I'm going. I'm actually going to the eye doctor this week, so uh, get contacts. Vic, your Oculus Go is sad. You need to ditch that. That was the first generation. <laughs> uh, I'm oh telling you, man. The it, comments here. Chris is watching porn. Harf Hub. <laughs> I like that one. Harphobe. Glasses <laughs> uh, with the Oculus suck. Well, great. They have a spacer. Nobody that I know has tried it, but um, 
Yeah, get the prescription lenses, but uh, Vic, you got to ditch the Go because that is ancient technology now. This thing has an 8K when, resolution. When screen. was that? When did that come out? Years Oculus ago. Go? At least five years ago, maybe. Oh, <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. What a joke that is. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I never did it, but um, I've read that the difference between the Quest 1 and the Quest 2 is substantial, so I can only imagine going back another generation. Yeah. But I don't know that for sure. I mean, okay. I, maybe that's not true because the you know the screens. I don't know if screens have changed that much. Oh yeah, they have. Yeah, probably. I mean, you just said eight K. I think it's eight K and ninety frames per second. Right. So you're talking about like, what well, like, and that matters. What was it before then? And, and that matters. Ten eighty p. The the resolution. Okay, the four K screen that you have across your living room, between ten eighty p and four K, almost indiscernible. But it makes a difference when it's a couple inches from your eye. Right. Like you, you need really high resolution, like 4K. Otherwise, two it inches looks from your eyes might not look that great. Right. 8K, you know, until we get 16K, you know what I mean? You know, this really resonates when I was a child and my mom would say, get away from the screen. You're too close to the TV. And now we're literally putting screens yeah. inches from our eyes. You know what, Mom? You didn't know anything. You didn't know what you were talking about. Don't tell me to get away from the screen. We're going to put screens on our eyeballs. Yeah, we're going to live in that. Yeah, and we're going to be completely fine. We may be mentally fatigued, and our <laughs> eyes may give out in a matter of years. I don't know why you would ever, like, once this becomes mainstream, like, why anybody would ever go to an office again. You could just go to your office on your Virtual. VR. A virtual office. Yeah. Have computers or like cameras set up in your office that you can access. No, virtually. it would be like a already pre-built virtual place. And then everybody would have their avatars and you just go in and have your meeting that way. That sounds disgusting. I can't handle that. <laughs> I can't handle virtual worlds yet, Chris. That seems ridiculous. Wait until you try it. <sighs> just you get me so nervous about this. Like I'm all worked up about virtual reality because I've seen Ready Player One. I've read Ready Player One and it makes it feel real reading it. Doing it in real life because they're really big into haptic suits and getting into like a platform. Yes. And those things are real right now. People do that. People have treadmills that you run on. Not necessarily at the level they are in that book, but no, but but they're coming there. Omnidirectional treadmills, yeah, yeah, I got them. Omnidirectional treadmills, they're standing like you're in a harnessed... Um, I think the next thing with this will be making it lighter and making it... Like, I could see sweating a lot being an issue, like if you're working out, because there's lots of exercise stuff. And Why would that be an issue? You're in a suit. No, I mean, with the headset on. Oh, I see. So. So it'll have to be something suspended above you. And then battery life, they... They make a, a strap, a, a different strap, which is a better strap, which I'll probably end up getting. Um, but it has a battery built into the strap around the backside of your head. So it, what uh, is the battery life like for right now? A couple hours, maybe. And then it would be extended to what? I think Nolan said eight hours. That's a lot of time. Yeah. To be, you can't be in it. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, no, you can't be. Other people can. <laughs> maybe. I guarantee you. It's not as fun sitting down as it is like standing up in like a play and making an area, you know. That seems better for you. It is. But I'm just saying like I've tried it sitting down in my chair just to like play a game. 
I didn't like it as much. You need to be able to turn around and look around and really, yeah. Huh. Well, I need it. Bring it to me. It's still a lot of like that zombie game. A lot of the experiences are curated in a certain way. Like once jump you, scares. Once you learn how it works, you're like, okay, I get what they're gonna do here. You know what I mean? Like, I understand the limitations of this. Mm-hmm. And I have an understanding of where I need to be positioned, positioning myself, you know, for that. Like, what do you mean? Like, like how you need to actually play the game? Like, yeah, yeah, there are certain you, ways to play the game that are... You, you understand what they're going for by utilizing the VR technology. So you start to okay. understand the patterns of that. It's like the Matrix. I'm basically like yeah, you're Neo. you're Neo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're explaining Neo's vision. But it is interesting, you know. It, it it's a new dynamic to the game where so can you when people, bend over backwards while bullets fly over you? Yeah, bullet time. No, but when you when your zombies are going to be running at you from all directions, like you're more conscious to back yourself into a corner, you know, to defend yourself. Oh, I see. Uh, I'm not saying that's an example. I mean, that's reality. Yeah, wouldn't you do that in real life? Yes. So you're not. Attack from behind? There, that game specifically, you can tell, is kind of dated and it has a lot of problems. Like they didn't finish making it because they, you could tell there's some stuff they wanted you to be able to do yeah. that you're not able to do. Like you, at one point, you get to use a sniper rifle and it's very clunky and not the way it should be. Okay. And it could be better. But sure. They just I'm didn't, sure it will be. They just didn't do it, you know, as good as they could have. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're way in, so we need to do our news before we get to our top 10. Well, I don't have any news. I have, do you have news? I have, uh, no, I don't have any news. We haven't looked up any news. It's, it's been a vacation. So there the is no news. The only thing I saw my, is there was a rumor mind. that uh, Karen Gillum, 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 yeah, Gillum, is rumored to play Mara Jade in a new Star Wars series. Which is great. Not rumored to play. Disney wants her. She has not, rec- oh, okay. you know. Well, she'd be stupid not to. She would, but she's also a huge movie star. So she, she might is not want to Marvel lower. in the Marvel universe, but I don't think that would be lowering her. And Jumanji. Jumanji has two movies. Point is, she might not want to make the jump back down to television, but I don't think it's like that anymore. I think people are. I don't think do it whatever. is either, especially when you're talking about Disney Plus. She's going to make that cash. She's going to make that cash, especially when it's a Star Wars franchise and by the way guys i told you to invest in facebook and i'm i'm not a i don't give sanctioned investment advice so if you don't listen to me <laughs> don't listen to me um right this i isn't just sanctioned. i pick things that i think are going to make a big difference in the future yeah and buy that stock and facebook is one of them because of that and disney is one of them because now they're projecting by 2025 30 billion dollars a year in annual right. revenue from disney plus alone unbelievable which would, which is what they do at parks. Which right? would, yeah, that's what they do for their entire year in all Disney parks in the world, and that's their number one revenue generator. In all Disney parks in the world, and by twenty twenty five, they're projecting that from Disney Plus alone. So that would effectively double the size of the company in five years. Our country is going to be called Disney. <laughs> yeah, Our, we won't have a country anymore. It's going to be taken over by Disney and Facebook and Amazon. <laughs> And Amazon. <laughs> it's going to be Disney-Amazon book. And Apple. <laughs> Disney-Amazon book. No, I think Apple, Apple will be like weeded out. I think they, yeah, I don't know. I think their, their stock price is doing really well. There will be a conglomerate between some of them. Mm. 
they're gonna in get, our future. They're going to get slammed with antitrust stuff if they do that. They're going to. I don't, don't think do Apple it. or Google. One of them could they're gonna buy overtake App, the world. Uh, Disney. That's a possibility. That's a real possibility that Apple could buy Disney. They have enough money. No, right now, they it have is. enough cash right now to buy Disney. By 2025, you think that's a possibility nope. if that projection is correct? Well, I don't know. Apple's huge. Huge. So is Amazon. Amazon, Apple, and Google are on a different level. It's a level like nobody's ever seen before. Really? <laughs> yes. I don't understand any of it. I don't look at it. These are like trillion-dollar companies. These are companies that they're bigger than most governments in the world. It baffles me that Amazon is so big when you look at how it started in a garage. Yeah, it's crazy. Selling books. Right, out of a garage. <laughs> it's insane. Um, real quick, I wanted to do a shout-out to an avid listener and friend, Erica Fry. She stopped by. We gave her a sweatshirt. She also gave us wonderful yingling. Yeah, she gave us a bunch of Thank yingling. you. Four cases of it, in A fact. bunch of it. It's just laying around. We're just swimming in yingling yeah. now. Um, so thanks for that. Also, David Timmons, thanks for the extra headphones. And Oh, yeah, phone. and uh, another listener, David, yeah, he gifted us a an iPhone yep. to use as our third recording device, a high-resolution one. So the same phones that we record on right now that you are seeing us, um, we have a third one now that we can record our guests. So if you've seen a lot of our guests, they are kind of fuzzy and whatever. Those are Sennheiser Yeah, I th- and headphones. these also, I talked about these with him. I, they're extremely expensive headphones. They're better than both of our headphones. Right. They're yeah. like $400 headphones. Yeah, and so we have those now <laughs> as a gift for our guests. Um, he gave us those, so thanks for that. We appreciate it. It is advancing our podcast to 2021. Yes, that's right. That's what we needed. So, so now, what's better to do in 2021 than look back at 2020? And talk right. about that's what everybody wants to do. <laughs> Let's all look back at 2020 and see what's terrible about it. And we also we have a lot of what we're watching. We'll do that at the end, I think. The rest of the show is basically what we're watching, just because we have the top 20 or top 10 of what we have watched in 2020. In 2020, that we have as our top 10 favorite things. And then we also will have what we've watched over the course of the last week or two. Yes. So let's start that off. And I will say, when I was do- putting together this list, I thought it was going to be difficult. But I remembered I had watched I, a lot this year. Um, there was a lot being watched, but it was difficult to rank it. Yeah. To like put it. I, I, don't I was think trying it was, to think back. I'm like, was Watchmen in 2020? But it wasn't. It was in 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. And I don't think it was difficult to rank the top five, but to get a full 10 yeah. like that. That 10 oh, through 5 is... One thing that jumped out at me, I only have two movies on my list. I have one. And I... No, I do have two. I do have obviously two. Obviously, 2020 wasn't a big movie year. <laughs> um, that is a problem. Twenty. So I started looking through lists of movies that came out in 2020, and there is a ton of them. Yeah, but I've heard If of you haven't looked... Almost none of them. Right. If you haven't ever looked, there are a ton of movies that came out, but... Yeah, nobody, uh, I don't know of anybody that has heard of any of these, but a lot of them are very intriguing to me. Yeah. I've seen some that I want to go back and watch now, and it could obviously change my list, but I haven't seen these movies. They weren't very available to us to get, and a lot of people don't spend money on their TVs like they do at a movie theater, right? So at home, if you saw a release of a movie that you didn't know about, a lot of people aren't going to spend $20 Did to see Did you buy any of the new release movies this year? 
the twenty dollar new release. Like no, I bought two. I bought uh, Mulan, and that which obviously is now out on Disney Plus. Which and I waited for. Yeah, smart. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I bought uh, Bill and Ted's, the Bill and Ted one. And I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. And it was good. I mean, it was good. Was it worth the $20? Um, no. 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 Wait for Netflix or whatever. That's a, I think I can get it a lot cheaper even now. So uh, let's get it started. And, and I, if we forgot so, something, guys, this was very hard. To, I tried to go back the best I could and remember. I'm sure there's stuff I forgot. That that was the hardest for me is that that's why I started looking at lists of movies, lists of TV shows to just refresh my brain of what I have watched because we're talking about all the way back to last January. and Which, when I was looking back through our podcast, seems like 1,000 years ago. It does. It absolutely does. I don't even know. It's It doesn't even feel like this decade. No, it doesn't. This we has been just, the longest year in the history of mankind. Last episode, we were talking about our last Christmas stuff like the, what, what we talked about last christmas you're like well it had to be episode like 50 or something so i went back and looked to see what it was i think it was episode 52 but we ended up doing a, the christmas stuff in november before uh christmas actually happened and it honestly does feel like a decade ago yeah. that that happened i was reading through the podcast like going through what we talked about i was listening to it and i was like this is a whole nother lifetime ago that this happened. Everything is so different now. Yeah. For the podcast, for what we do, and for life in general, it's just completely different. It is. Crazy. All right. Should we start it off? I think so. You always start. My number 10 was a show that you definitely won't have. I don't know if you ever watched it. Um, it is called Avenue 5. I did not watch it. Uh, Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad. It was an HBO show that came out um, in February. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, where they're on like a uh, interstellar. Cru- I meant to watch ship. that, but yeah, I never did. It's a sci-fi comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I had a lot of things. There was. A, it was hard for me to get my number ten and nine and eight. Um, so there were a lot of other ones that were right there. Yeah. But I did. I remembered watching this. This was one that jumped out at me that I remembered. A bunch of them that I came back and on the list, I, I wouldn't have necessarily remembered if I hadn't saw a list. Right. And I, after the fact, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that show a lot. Mm-hmm. But I like it didn't stick in my memory. This show did. So I just I thought it was really funny and fun. And Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad are great in it. Everybody's great in it. Um, I just enjoyed it. I think it got canceled. It did. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Oh, no. HBO has renewed the series for a second season. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was, was canceled. So I really liked it. So that was my number 10. Okay. And that was a TV show. Yes. So it was a show on HBO. Yeah. Take consideration of what we're talking about because you're not going to hear very many movies. Yeah. Except for my number 10, which was a movie. Um, but it's a children's movie called Onward. Oh, yeah. Do you know that movie? Yes. You've seen it. I have. I saw it. I loved it. I love that movie. Um, I had to put it, it, it's relatively low on my list for what I'd like to put it on, but for 2020, there was a lot of better shows, like so many good shows and stuff out. Um, I didn't think I was going to like this movie at all. When I saw the trailer for it, uh, started the movie, I was like, this isn't catching my attention too much. But the more and more it played through, and then the second time I watched it, I was like, man, that's a really good movie. Tom Holland's in it, Chris Pratt, Julie Louise Dreyfus, 
Um, a lot of people, it's about a brother, like two brothers that are elves that go try to like get their dad back basically. So they're trying to like live the life for their dad, which he's like half a person. The elves? Yeah. Two elven brothers. Okay. Embark on a quest to bring their de- their father back for one day. Yeah. And when they do that, it's only he's only like half there. But the ending of that movie is so good. Like it's so heartfelt. It's so like emotional. It's a very emotional movie, especially when you talk about it, like they put it out for kids, you know, and I don't think kids can really truly respect what that movie was trying to do. But I think for you, for me, like adults can get that a lot better, can get the emotional side of it a lot more than what a child will. Um, And it's deep. Like you're striving to get your father back. But in reality, like this, guy spoilers by the way um this one elf has always had a father figure in his life even though he never grew up with his dad which is his brother he's hated his brother or never really cared for his brother his whole life because he was goofy and he didn't think he was caring for him but through this journey they realize like who has actually been there through their whole entire life and once he can't have his dad back he looks at him like oh man you've always been there for me you've always been the one to care for me You've been basically a father figure, and it's just so great. Yeah, Jerry's crying right now. I love it. I would cry right now <laughs> because it's it's good. It's really good. I love it. So that's my number 10. Uh, my number nine is Onward. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Do you have any more to elaborate? No. I mean, it, it's a phenomenal movie. I know Pixar released two movies this year. Um, Soul came out. Um, we're going to talk about that later and what we're watching. I mm-hmm. will say that was in the conversation of my top 10, uh, but we'll talk more, more about it later. Uh, but Onward was a great one. I, it, it's very, very, very... It, it like combines everything that I love. Right. You have the adventure. Yeah. You have fun. You have comedy. You have heartfelt. Fantasy. You, have you got everything. It's, all of it's it. It's like it hits every genre for me. Um, Chris Pratt is full Chris Pratt. <laughs> yes, he is. You know, like for most of the movie. I love it. Tom Holland's great. It's like Chris Pratt doing Jack Black doing Chris Pratt. <laughs> You're right. That nails it right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vic said, yeah, that hit home. Yes. That movie does hit home for everybody, I think. And it really does. It is. I'm surprised I haven't gone back and watched it as much. My kids don't rewatch that movie. You know, we don't either. Not, uh, to be honest, you know, I've been trying to get my boys to watch it more and more often, but I've seen The Good Dinosaur 300 times this year. I'm sorry. I've seen I mean, Frozen 2 a billion times this year. I've seen uh, yeah. Cars 152,000 times this Incredibles year. Incredibles 2, Planes Fire and Rescue, which is also a phenomenal well, movie. I by love the way. that movie. I, I do love that movie. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Onward doesn't get played enough at our house and it is a great movie. Um, you're number 9. My number nine is a docu-series called The Last Dance. Ooh. Last Dance with Mary Jane. It's with about Tom Petty, right? Michael Jordan. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, a Bulls, like, Michael Jordan uh, documentary that came out on ESPN, um, and then they released it on Netflix later, which is where I watched it. And it just documents Michael Jordan's career with the Bulls, basically. And it's great, great. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I grew up during this time. You grew up during this time. Everybody I know 
you know, like as an adult right now, grew up during the Michael Jordan era. And we were in the epicenter of it. Like exactly. Right where we live. You I know? went to multiple games uh, with my dad when Michael Jordan was prevalent. Scottie Pippen, Rodman, you know, was running, ran up the stands right next to me, throwing out his jersey. Um, oh, so yes, I sat on the top floor against the wall at the very highest you could be away from oh no well we didn't pay for the tickets these were like seed salesmen that were Uh, giving away tickets you know like seed reps yeah that's where we came out of my pocket right not ours (laughs) (laughs) like we always accepted from others um and it was i remember those games i i remember sitting at home watching basketball games so when i watched the last dance and they talked about some of the games with the Knicks, some of the games with Detroit. I like, remembered that. I physically remember them. sitting at home watching these things, and it blew me away. Like, I always made fun of my parents when they, like, reminisced of their childhood, right? And told me about things they remembered. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It's not my time. I don't remember that. I'm feeling that now. Like nostalgia. I'm getting that same that's nostalgia. What sells. That's why everything that's being made on television at Disney Plus right now, that's yeah. why it exists. And, I, and I'm feeling that. So I remember my mom telling me. Millennial nostalgia. Just like when my mom talked about seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan for the first time. I was like, I don't. I don't know. I don't, barely watched Ed Sullivan ever because I've only seen it on satellite TV, you know, like as a rerun. It's probably still on when you were a kid. No. No, it was absolutely no, off. Right. That <laughs> yeah. would have been Carson. Um, yeah, Johnny Carson was, early 90s. Yeah. But a lot of these things I didn't remember. Well, this is the way I feel about The Last Dance. Like, I remember it from my childhood, saw it all play out, and I remember it. I loved it. I loved the Bulls. I was very obsessed with that team. I had a uh, Bulls locker in my room. I had posters. It just was so nostalgic to me, and then reliving it again through a documentary was really great. I didn't necessarily like the way the documentary was put together. I didn't um, either. That was one little gripe around. I had about it. Yeah, And it was explained to me in a good way, and it's saying, like, it's that documentary was put forth for people that didn't live in that world yeah, I think at it was the David time. that was telling us that. Yeah. And it was it a good, was like, it was a... The people that did not live the way we lived through the Michael Jordan era, it was spaced out to show you like the progression of his career and the progression of the team. It was and everybody also not meant him. to be binged. Right. It was, it a, was a week to week series. Um, so me living the living that, it felt a little weird watching it back the way they portrayed it in the docuseries. But, um, uh, but all in all, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. I will watch it again probably. Um, I will definitely watch it again. Just just to relive it again, just to feel that experience of Michael Jordan doing what he did with that team and all of the people around him, I, I will watch it again for sure. So that's my number nine. So I uh, I didn't have it on my list. I debated it a lot. Um, for me, the best part about that, and you've covered this, but the best part about that, like you said, was the nostalgia hit because that was probably the biggest like part of like the biggest like coherently longest running thing of my childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Was all of that and the way that everybody sat down and watched every game in the every living room, the whole year. family. I remember Saturday afternoons it'd be like, you know, NBC basketball popping up, you know, on TV and I it would be an afternoon on a Saturday where I was tuning in to watch basketball 
when I was Grady's age, and right now I can't get Grady to watch sports at all because it's it so different. But it transcended so much of that. It was every part of our culture. Yeah. It was all we talked about. I mean, Vic's on the podcast it, right now. We collected basketball cards because of that. I had Michael Jordan cards. Coats. Um, starter jackets. Like, starter jackets were a huge thing. Yeah. The posters. I had, I had every newspaper clipping with Michael Jordan in it. I had yeah. books and books of newspaper articles that had been cut out, and I made into, like, posters. I had collages that I made and hung on my wall of those clippings and all kinds of things. Yeah. So it was a huge deal. And just getting to relive it was fun. It's something that I never expected or thought about ever no. doing. I, I, I didn't I, even really, like, it's not even one of those things that, like, was at the forefront of my mind as an adult, well, like, I, remembering all that. But when I got to see it, it just brought it all back, the flood. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how big of a part of my life this was. Obviously, you knew Michael Jordan was a big part of your life. I knew Michael Jordan was a big part of my life. But then once it's all played out in front of you again as an adult, you realize, like, what, what happened. You realize, like, what they did, what they achieved and then all the nuance around that of Rodman going into the, you know, NWO and doing that kind of stuff. That's kind of thing I didn't really pay attention to and didn't know about. I only knew about the basketball games, but everything around it was what I thought was interesting. There were so many things happening around that team. Yeah, and there's so many little memories that I've forgotten, like, like Air Jordans, the shoes were a big right. deal. I never had any, but I always wanted them. The commercials. Like I remember the Nike store started like in that era. Yep. Absolutely. And I from the shoes. I desperately just wanted to go to Chicago to the Nike store. Yeah. And I think we went once. I never went. And it was just like at that point, the Nike store was like the Taj Mahal. I mean, oh yeah, and everybody'd come back. I remember. I think Tyler Smith went there once and came back. He was like, "There's two levels." <laughs> Yeah. You go up an escalator and there's another level. And you're of like, you the mean store. like JC Penny? <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, oh, like Louis Joliet Mall. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But yeah, no, that was amazing. I, you're, the way you speak of it makes me think I should have put it in my top 10. But it just alas, hit, it hit, so many it good hit home for me a lot. I have it relatively low because there are other shows that are better, but which the next one that I'm going to talk about seems ridiculous. But Anyway, go all ahead. right. My number eight is Lock and Key, and I like that show. Yeah, I know you probably have it higher. Um, I thought the show was great. The reason I don't have it higher is because, like, I liked it a lot, but it wasn't. It didn't necessarily hit home to me just as as much as the comics did. Although I'm on record saying I think they did a better job in the show, right, than they actually did in the comics, which is. A hard thing to say because this is one of my highest recommended comic series right. for people. But I, know, I think the show is better than the comic. We had a whole episode yeah. devoted to this comic book about. I mean, we had like an hour and a half solid about Lock and Key comic book. And I think they did the show better. And they left out a lot of things from the book, which I wish they wouldn't have. And Here's they made the it definitely more not as adult oriented as the comic was. But right. it I don't seems necessarily to work think better. they did it better. It's different. They just did it differently to be able to like broaden, broaden. Yeah, who can watch it? Who can take it in? Well, and who I don't can like the fact it. that they didn't have nearly as many keys. But they do a better they, job of exploring the keys they do have. But they're 
the reason they're doing that is for new seasons. Yeah, okay. It's to expand it to other seasons to bring in new keys every single year. Here's my hope with this show That's going why. forward. That they, 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 they deviate from the comic. Because the comic mm, story feels like... It's too dark. A, it's too dark, but also it's, it's a smaller story, it feels like. And when you have a TV series, mm-hmm. I feel like you have the ability to really expand things. On character. On character and on the adventure. Yeah. Um, the, the, the comic book is extremely fast-paced. Yeah, it like is so very much gets covered in one trade paperback that you're like, man, I wish they would just explore this more or that more. And they could do, yeah, they could absolutely do that with this show. And they don't. They, they they bring up keys, and they just like flippantly in like the comic, on just on a whim, and then yeah. they're, they're gone, and yeah. they never explain them much. And and there's just so much more they could do in a series that they can do in that comic that I am looking forward to it in the future. I have a lot of promise. Obviously, it made eight on my list, but um, yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of things I liked more. Correct. As did I. Um, my number eight. Is it eight? Eight. So this is the last movie that I have on my list. Can you guess it? Eurovision. Your Eurovision Song Contest. The Story of Fire Saga. Yes. I had to have this on my list. I, hey, man. I you, can't blame you. I know it. you have it higher. Uh, I'm sure you do. Why? I guess. Why do you say that? I, just because you guessed exactly what movie I was talking list, about. So. What? No. Are you serious? No, I'm not. I'm not serious. Well, either way, um, you told me about it. I I think you told me about it. Right? I did. Yeah. And then I didn't believe you because I had saw so many like trailers on Netflix, and I was like, "This is the most ridiculous thing that I would never watch," because it seemed so over the top. And then I watched it. And damn it, did it touch my soul. <laughs> I seriously have watched this multiple times. Yeah. Have you watched it over and over I've watched again? it twice. I'd like to watch it again. I now. think I've seen it four or five times maybe. And I, I can't say enough about it. I understand there, are, there is like slapstick comedy. There is like dumb things that happen there are certain parts of the movie that are aggravating to me yeah if there's a couple parts that they should have left out and they could have made a different movie that a was different yes. even better yes they could have and i see that every single time and there are certain points like i said that aggravate me but the overall story of this and the overall like and the story behind uh, it too the just, fact that like it's based on a real thing right the fact that they did it with the actual Eurovision people and the yes. fact that the Europeans looked at it as a fitting tribute and supported the crap out of this. Yeah. Everybody loved it. I, and again, I know they're like ridiculous characters in a way, but it really meant a lot to people because they were trying something from a small town and doing this thing. I, I don't know. I loved it. I love the, the love story aspect of it. Cause I love love stories. I really do. I love, love, I love, love. <laughs> I love love. Um, it just was fun. Yeah, it was. It's, it's hilarious. It's really fun. I love anything with singing and dancing. There's a lot of singing. The the fires. Uh, I think it's the fire saga song. Like in the beginning when they're. It's the very beginning when he's dressed up like a Viking guy, and they're yeah. standing on a glacier. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> it's like my. It's like. What I would have as a theme song to my life. Yeah. No. 
I wouldn't, but it's a very good movie and I love it. It's my number eight. Uh, my number seven is Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> no way. Number seven? Yeah, number seven. Nice. Um, everything we just said, it's really good. It's surprising. It's very light and we don't get a lot of those types of movies anymore. Oh, the villain aspect of this movie also pays out to be not yes. what you think. And that's what I enjoyed about it. Again, that, I guess that's a spoilers, but so you see a person or a couple people as being villains in this movie, but it pans out to be like, we're going to help you through what's going on or like, they're not actually villains. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're on a certain, and they have a great, that guy has a great story all his own. Yeah. And his girlfriend has, is part of that. But wasn't his girlfriend or a girl that no, was with him? No, he ended up being gay. That's right. But he can't be gay in Russia. In Russia. Yeah. yeah. They would kill him. Yeah, so... It's, it's a great... I love that movie. aspect of the movie is that they turn, they turn that little table on you where you think he's going to be a bad guy and he's still going to be a bad guy at the end. It's not that way. It's not that way. It's just a fun, loving, yeah. happy movie. Right. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's why it's my number seven. Your number seven? My number seven is a TV show called Dave. Nice. I love Dave. Hi, about... I'm Dave. I'm Little Dicky. Hi, I'm <laughs> Dave. Dave. This is all based off of a YouTube guy um, in real life, Little Dicky, Little Dicky, um, rapper, Jewish guy that decided to be a rapper that has like satirical type rapping where you perceive it as being funny which it is but he also takes it very seriously and that's what the show is about so he's going to rap you think it's hilarious but he wants you to take it seriously like he does and it's just about his life it's incredibly awkward it makes you feel awkward but there are parts of this show that are absolutely hysterical yeah some one of the best i mean uh we should be telling people where to find these two uh by the way um Dave is on Hulu or FX. Yes, it is. Eurovision was on Netflix. The Last Dance is on Netflix. Onward is on Disney+. Plus. Avenue 5 is on HBO. Avenue 5 is on HBO. Uh, Yeah, no, but I agree with you. That was a phenomenal show. Is there two seasons? No. no, It's it's the one season, right? I think there's only been one season. Yeah, there only has been one season. There should be a new one soon. It was in the spring. Yeah, it was early this year. Very early this year. We talked about it a lot on the show, uh, along with the rest of our list. Yeah. But um, I love it. All right. Update. My number six is Star Trek Discovery. This show, and I, I know there's several seasons out. I think season three came out in 2020, but I had not watched any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I got the CBS All Access to check it out uh, for a couple months, and then, of course, forgot I had it, so I'm still paying for it. <laughs> Um, but that's fine because I want to give them my money because this show is so good. And I right. still plan on watching Star Trek Picard, which also came out this year and I have not watched. That's also a CBS. Yeah, that's also on CBS. Um, but Star Trek Discovery is a phenomenal show. If you like sci-fi, um, if you like space, if I'm not, a, I haven't been a huge Star Trek fan. You don't need to be to watch this. You don't need any real history. It's standalone. It's an incredible Incredibly good storytelling, but also incredible special effects, high budget. The acting's incredible. Hmm. Um, I've talked about it at the time. It's it's one of my, my favorite and best representations of a female lead 
in a in a series where it's not done it's not it's not political in any way it's just it all makes sense for the story and i just think they do a really good job with that character the main character michael burnham yes her name um it's definitely something that everybody i think could find a way to enjoy even if you're not into sci-fi um it's just a really, really great. It's not very Star Trekky. It's more action based. It's more like really? an action kind of thing. Um, but it has a really, really awesome, nuanced script that I think is incredibly well done and well balanced and well thought out. I have watched. There's got to be a lot of credit given these days to well thought out scripting because it's so rarely done anymore. Right. Um, and this is solid. And plus, I love the little the little, the little things like Paul Stamets, who's a mycologist. Um, he, they actually make him a character in the show, and he's a mycologist on the show. That's and, awesome. Like everything they do on the show is based off of spores, based off of fungi spores. Really? Yeah, they create a, a spore drive for their new ship, the Star Trek Discovery, Holy or the Discovery USS Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they invent like a mycelial spore drive that allows it to jump through the mycelial network of space and time. It's an incredible show. Wow. It's it's great. And everything to do with the Klingons is great. Um, I can't say enough good things. That's my number six, Star Trek Discovery. I think check it out. Okay. CBS I need to. I don't have CBS All Access. I I think you can get, I mean, I know you can get seven-day free trial. Even after that, it's ad-supported. At a certain level, the level I pay for, it's like four bucks a month, and then you get ads. It's pretty cheap. Or it's like eight bucks a month with no ads. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff on the CBS app, too, that I haven't necessarily explored, but they have a ton of original series, and a bunch of them look great. But do I they really? Yeah, they really do look good, but I haven't gotten into them too much. Uh, Three Star Trek shows, though, now. They have a, what are they? They have a, that show. They have Picard. And they have an animated comedy Star Trek show called Lower Decks, I believe. Really? Yeah. Wow, they're really trying to capitalize off Star Trek. They're going hard on the Star. I think there's another one starting in 2021, too. Another. That's all I got. That's all they could do. <laughs> no, they have tons of stuff. But competing with Star Wars and Disney Plus. They got a lot of stuff. They got comedy. Remember, they own Comedy Central, MTV. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, not, not MTV. That's Viacom. They own a bunch of networks that are hmm. all on that app. I didn't know this. Yeah. Um, so that was six for you? That was number six, yes. My number six is Queen's Gambit. Ooh, a little Queen's Gambit. That was a Netflix show this year. Limited run. Limited we run. We don't have to worry they, about it getting canceled. <laughs> no, but I've heard rumors that they're going to bring back an, another season. I don't think they should do that. It was incredibly successful, though. Yeah, it was incredibly successful because it's a, so good. It is really good. They consider it like a, I've seen it classified as a sports drama. I would not consider uh, that. No, it's more like a, um, I don't know. I mean, the chess no. aspect of it is certainly my favorite part. I mean, yes. The competitive she plays, chess aspect is, that was like a breath of fresh air when you got those things. Absolutely. As compared to like the deep dive into her psyche. Yeah. Um, which was still fine, but I really like the chess aspect, which they picked up on the later episodes was, it was more chess heavy. Yes. So they had to build up the character on what was plaguing her and like everything she was, she came up through. 
and then it gets heavier into chess. And that's why I like it because you understand her and the way she's been brought up and what she's dealing with and how that relates to her chess game, right? And how she relates that to her specialty, what she does. And then there's also like other interest intricacies like within the chess game and her life that um, play into everything. But I love it. I think it's done really well. I think the story is done really well. I think the acting is incredible. I just, I can't say enough about the show. I think it's done really well. And it was something different than what I've ever seen on, especially Netflix shows. Some Netflix shows get uh, tainted a little bit because it's on Netflix. I just don't think the production is done as well, especially with their movies. Like the movies have always fall like fallen really flat for me. Uh, but the show, the TV shows have done really well. And with this being a limited run, I thought it was going to play out like movies do where it just kind of falls flat at the end, but it doesn't, it doesn't at all. It and ends strong. I, it starts slow and strong. Right. And usually it's the other way around where they start off really fast and then end terribly. Uh, I mean, Umbrella Academy, I would say start slow and end strong. Yes and no. Like, I don't know. This is a different series than what Yo, Umbrella yeah, Academy is, you know, and it's, it's just a really good show. I would suggest anybody to watch it. I've been trying to get Amy to watch it. I told her tonight, like, she was, like, flicking through the channels and like of what she could watch before I left, I was like, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. You could watch that right now. So I didn't have it in my top 10, um, but it's very good. I, you know, it, it won't be something that I go back and watch again ever. There's um, really no need to. It's not something that is. And I, I definitely don't think there's any need for another season. The story was wrapped. It's good. It's solid. I agree. I just said, I've heard there was talk that it was going to happen again. It struck me well. I, I really enjoyed it. I will agree. Now we're into the meat and potatoes. Top five. Yeah. My number five, which when I started this list, I thought it would be higher. Really? And I okay. just I couldn't get it higher. Uh, it is a show that just dropped its latest season last week. Last week? Yes. Netflix, or this week, I guess. Well, after the first, I think it dropped the new season. It is Netflix's well, Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. I was going to say, after the first, that means it's not a 2020 show. But it, yeah. it is a 2020 show. Okay. Yeah, well, season two, four, season three. Season three just dropped. Yeah, but season two was 2020. Season two was in 2020. Um, I've talked about this show a lot. I was utterly surprised. It, it took me, blindsided me. Yeah. And I'm not the only one. Everybody oh, loves this show. I mean... This was Netflix's number one show, I think, of the year. Really? And this is like a phen- sensation, this show. And it's good. Of the year? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think, it, okay. I think the only show on streaming that outdid it was The Boys of the year. Really? Yeah, Cobra Kai was huge. And it's such a fun, nostalgic romp but think about think about the the like different decades of people that it hits right so you get the people that grew up with uh that story originally like in what's it called um i can't think of it 
Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name. So think about like everyone that grew up with Karate Kid. And then so those people are coming to watch it. And then you have the new aspect, like the new age of children that are watching Netflix shows that want that style of show that are getting like uh, the Sabrina show or... Uh, Which is one that I've heard is really good, but the, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. What's that Archie show? Uh, Riverdale. Riverdale. It's like kind of stylized. Uh, it's stylized like those shows, like a Netflix show does. more for adults. It's more oriented at adults. It is, but... Here's the thing about this show. Teens can enjoy that show. They can, yes. Here is what's so great about Cobra Kai. Um, it takes everything about that genre and everything about 80s movies and... Gives you those, gives you those, uh, what do you call it? Those tropes, mm-hmm. but it flips every single one of them and it, it twists them in a way that's interesting on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of genius. And I don't know that it's been a done a lot before because it doesn't do it, it doesn't flip tropes as a spoof. It's not a spoof. No, it does it in such a tongue in cheek, like lighthearted way that you recognize what's happening. And you applaud it, like it. It's it's a very well done show. That's yeah. all I can say. And I'm I really enjoy it. And obviously, it's got like the over the top drama. That's what you're talking about the over top over the top drama that you often get with like a teen show. Mm-hmm. But it's it's clearly aimed at adults. I mean, people that experienced that genre and that movie and that subset of time and genre of movies from the 80s and early 90s. It's made for those people. But it just flips every single one of the aspects that made it that, and then it makes a whole new thing. So, right, I think it's a really interesting show, and it's one that I enjoy, and it's one that you want to watch. You're like happy to watch it. I like things that make me happy, mm-hmm. and that's one that does. So that was my number five. My number five, much darker, um, not as happy, but visually stimulating. Okay, the boys, the boys. You would think I'd have it higher uh, because I've hyped it up and talked about it so much. But season, I, I'm, I really be, have no idea what your top three is going to be. I know two of them because but I don't know what the third one's going to be. So I'm interested. Okay. So the second season blew me oh, away. Never mind. I compared to now. the first, the first season I loved and I I hyped it up a bunch uh, more so than Chris. But then the second season came out and we were both yeah. just as blown away by the second season. Because of how ridiculous it gets. Like, it just is so ridiculously violent, and it's its own thing. Like, this show is its own thing. There's no other show that is like The Boys. Um, We love superhero stuff. that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, there really is no other show that can be in the same ballpark as this. It's incredible. Um, I, I love superhero stuff. So does Chris. But it gets so deep into what they're doing. Like it's not about superheroes. It's about like uh, corporations. Yeah. Corporate government, the machinations of and corporate America and trying to overthrow that, you know, in a way. And it just, it's amazing. Um, I think it's more like shocking than anything. Like every episode will shock you at some point. And that's what drew me to it. Every episode was a one-up of the next. And I think they did it that way on purpose, you know. Um, it's just, 
in this last season, I loved the storyline of this last season more so than I liked the first. The first felt like it was just building upon characters to try to like get an like an explanation of what those characters are going to do. This season felt like those characters got to play in a world, yeah, that I was agree. built around them, and and you actually got to see what happens when um, other new characters are brought into that, and it's very very fun. It's dark. It's shocking and wonderful yeah i love it very gory as well my number four is the boys okay um, yeah everything you just said but i will say season two is such a wild improvement over the first the first it, season's it really incredible was. they um, improved a it's lot. very good uh but it has some problems story-wise yeah. plot-wise uh pacing-wise the first season had some problems for me season two um it like fixed all of that um they really and just like you said Season one was setting the stage. Season two was letting these characters play in their universe. But bringing in different storylines that are all interesting in their own right. A lot of times when shows bring in multiple storylines, there's always the ones that you're like, oh, can we get past this one? Yeah, because I want to get to the this? one I care about. Uh, there, There's like three, four storylines going on, and every single one of them is interesting to me. Save for the maybe the love story between Huey and uh, Starlight. But I think but, what they did better is what you said was pacing. Yeah. So you can have the love story. You can have that between Starlight and Huey. It's just the pacing that they had with that in the first season was yeah. very slow. Find the right places for it. Yeah. And, and they, they did. did that. Yeah. Uh, but even like the subplot with everything going on with the, I don't know what it's called, but it's basically the Church of Scientology, the collective or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. That's very interesting to me and in how that is going to interplay with everything. Now they're bringing in religion with corporate. You know, this is the show that is commenting about all the power structures in our world. Everything. And, but in a way that it's not necessarily um, all on Front Street. Mm -hmm. You got to kind of do a little thinking, right? Which is what I like about it. Uh, but you don't have to. It, on a, you can enjoy it at a surface level without all that and just enjoy it for what it is. And it, what it is is a great entertainment. Right. Um, but, if you want to dive deep into the subtext of it, there's a lot of meat and potatoes there too. And and they're playing into it. Yes. And there's going to be a third season that probably plays even deeper into that. So and I love the way season two ended. I, yeah. Everything about season two was just such an improvement. And also um, it really also took those characters and helped to move them forward in meaningful ways, in yes. my opinion, which is, um, it gave a little less to do here with my favorite character from season one was Frenchie. Is his name Frenchie? Yeah. A little less to do for him in season two, but still. Um, a but lot it catapulted more. the rest of the characters so much that it, it it's all on a level I love, playing field. I love now. the nuance that they brought into Homelander. Um, right. In all aspects. I mean, he is the epitome of evil, but they also allow you to see why. And they also allow you to understand the stakes for that character. And then everything they did with uh, whatever the, her name is, Electro Girl, Nazi Electricity Lady. Uh, Stormfront. <laughs> Stormfront. Uh, I mean, she was just an incredible actress. Yeah. That character was very good. The actress was incredible. I think they did a great job, like you said, was it was bringing all of the characters to a level that you want to know more about. I still think Huey's a little lacking. Yeah. Um, he's not, I mean, he's one of the main characters, but he's not somebody that you want to see every episode. He's, he's, uh, his, he's just there. His Quaid charisma is waning thin. Yeah. 
That's <laughs> you're exactly right. Because all we all know Dennis Quaid's the greatest actor in, of all in history in history of mankind. Um, but uh, every uh, it's just so fun. Everything about it's fun. I will agree. That was my number four. Your number three, Gerald. No, it'd be my number four. Your number four, Gerald. You might be surprised by this. Okay. Star Wars Rebels. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. I didn't have it on my list because I'd seen it prior to 2020. Right. Although I looked back through our episodes and I rewatched the whole series and Clone Wars in 2020. But since I had seen them previously, I decided they would not be allowed on my list. So the first time I ever watched this was just like starting a month ago. Yeah. I literally just started Star Wars Rebels. Um, Well, it was like six months ago I started it, but I finished it within the last month. And... Boy, did this blow me away. It opened up a whole new universe of Star Wars. I've been a Star Wars fan forever. I've been watching all of the shows. I've been following all of it, but I just didn't get all of the deep backstory that I needed to have prior to starting like the Mandalorian or whatever. Like it it changed the way I looked at the prequels, you know, and we've talked about this in prior episodes, but everything I think about star Wars lore now is changed because of rebels. And I texted you the other night and I was like, how can anything get better than that? Like I, how can I watch the anything the same way I watched rebels? It was so great from start to finish. We've had these moments in our lives and I feel like this is one for you. Like we had these, this moment with Dr. Who. Yeah, we did. Which literally like changed. It was like getting to watch star Wars again as a kid. Yes. It was like getting to experience something for the first time that is so profound that it's going to change your well, and everything. That's, and that's what my text was. It's like, I'm never going to have this feeling again, I feel like, about anything else. I can't go back and watch this and have the same feeling. And you said watching it a second time was even better. Was even better. Yeah. And I, I, don't, later, know how, yeah. I don't know how that can be. You know, I don't know. I think watching it again with just more context. Yeah. And, you know. What I think it's going to be is the new Star Wars shows coming out and the continuation of The Mandalorian is going to expound on what Rebels put forth. Yes. And it's going to make it even better from there. And it makes you like the new movies less. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I said it in a previous episode, but... I just don't feel like I even want to show those movies to my kids because we and we not started saying watching. we didn't enjoy them. I did enjoy them. You can go back episodes and hear me talk about what I loved about these movies so much, and I still love those aspects of the movies. But when we're talking about canon and the way I want Star Wars to go on from here, it's not with those three movies. There are other shows that I'll, we'll talk about later. Um, that have catapulted Star Wars into a whole different direction that I wanted to go and will be so much better. Yeah. I think the only way... And Rebels... I don't know. I mean, there were some of those things you can still get, like Star Trek Discovery was it was a big one for me. Okay. That give you that feeling like we had with Doctor Who and stuff like that. Not to the degree, mm-hmm. but something like that. Um, so there's still stuff, but I think a lot of it you're going to get in writing and books and novels. Yeah. This was just... Like, read the Heir to the Empire series. I am. I'm actually, uh, I just started, I wanted to talk about that earlier, about audiobooks. I've never really got into audiobooks before. Grab, is there a bag under my desk right there? Grab that. Um, on the floor. Yeah, so my mom brought this over 
and she said, hey, I listened to the podcast, and she's like, you were talking about Heir to the Empire. So I went through some of your old books yeah, when you were a kid. Blue bag here. And uh, not all of them are of interest from re- uh, here, but... Heir to the Empire. Heir to the Empire. So Volume one right I, here. And I've bought that book twice since. Okay. So I have three copies of that book. Um, I don't know what that is. Skip that. Okay, not that one. No. Um, anyway, she brought some of these old books. We're doing like a what's in Dark the Dark Force Rising. Dark Force Rising. Which is number two, volume two of the Heir to the Empire series. Yep. Um, right there. And then we have New Jedi Order. New Jedi Order is um, a different series of Star Wars books, but also one of the best series of books that exist. Um, that one is Hero's Trial. Uh, there is Star Wars The Mandalorian Armor. Book one of the Bounty Hunter Wars. The Bounty Hunter Wars. So when I sell, see these books, it like transports me to a world of reading these books. This one especially. Star Wars, the adventure continues as Return of the Jedi ends. An that, exciting new saga begins, The Truce at Bakura. The Truce at Bakura. I remember reading that. That's okay. a great book. Uh, there's this little short one, Star Wars Battlefront. That's I think the this video is a game. book for the video <laughs> games. Yes, that's the video game answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this giant book that... Oh, uh, uh, we'll talk about that in another episode. Okay. I won't even show it. There's two there, two those, more in Those the might not be relevant to anything. So. Uh, oh, Woodsong by Gary Paulson. Oh, yeah. I love Gary Paulson. Yeah, whatever. Uh, forget it. Congo. Yeah, that's another one I remember. <laughs> oh, man, it's one of my favorite books. You don't have the third of the of the Heir to the it's Empire somewhere, series. somewhere, but I don't know. Interesting. Got lost in the shuffle, I guess. But uh, anyway, that's so fine. that's... I didn't mean to hijack your Star Wars. No, but so Rebels is mine, number four. Uh, It blew me away. I love the story. I understand it's a cartoon. A lot of people can't get over the fact that it's an animated show, but uh, it it will blow you away if you love Star Wars. Yeah. My number three is... Hi, I'm Dave. I'm Little Dicky. Hi, I'm Dave. You have that at number three? I have it at number three. that's awesome. I said it in the spring when it was going on. I said, this is the best show of the year. You did. It, it it came to number three of the best shows of the year. It is a very, very good show, and there's several reasons for it. One, it's something completely different than you expect it to be. Absolutely. You expect it to be a comedy, and it is very funny, but it is not a comedy. Yeah. Like, in truth, it's really not a comedy. Was, it, was this one of the only shows that I've told you about to watch? It could be. I don't know. I think it is, because I remember... I, I think I remember telling you you need to watch this show. FX nailed it this year. They had that show and another show called Devs, which was really good. But mm-hmm. uh, Dave uh, was at a whole other level, and I can't wait for season two. You fall in love with this character. It's even crazier when you realize he's a real person. This is his real life, and it's basically story of his life. Right. And then also, the it's just the the it's different. It's so much different than any show that I can remember in any time. You see dramatic kind of shows like that, but they're dramas. And you see comedies that are comedies. And, and you see dramedies, too. But this, it's on like a whole different like subversive level. That It really it, is. It, it's, it, like it's hard to describe. Legitimately living his life. It really is a depiction of his life to where it's not necessarily funny or dramatic. It's just like... But it's also in- interesting. Like you want to see it. There wasn't really any episodes... And it's artfully done, too. That's the right. other thing. It's very, very artistically done. It's filmed well. It's paced well. It's plotted well. It's a really good show. Yeah. It's one that should win awards. 
But it won't. I know it won't, but it absolutely should. The writing is incredible. There was only one episode I didn't necessarily care for that is your favorite. Um, that wasn't necessarily, a, it didn't have anything to do with Dave. Dave wasn't even in the episode barely at all. It was about uh, his like uh, sound guy. or it's oh, like Yeah, I love that episode. Where it was just his love story between another character and it just was about them. Um, I thought that was a little offbeat. You really enjoyed it. So apparently it struck people a certain way, you know. That didn't necessarily I strike just, me. I just, I, I enjoyed the episode, but I just didn't. I thought it was a little off pace for the season. I enjoy when they take a show and then they take an episode and do something completely different with it. Yeah, that's like spins off, and that is the aspect I enjoy. And of it. I absolutely appreciate. And that. almost the new, the little bit of like, I want. I don't want to see Dave because I don't remember that specifically. But I feel like, if I remember correctly, there was like an awareness yes. that this episode was like not about him. <laughs> Absolutely. They played it off that way. And at f- at first I was like I don't I didn't understand what was happening. I think it caught me off guard and I didn't know what was happening. Looking back on it, I can appreciate it. Um and it took nothing away from the series for me. No. I mean, obviously it's in my top 10. So it's very good. Yeah. Um I, all I'm saying is like that's all I can remember from the whole series that I thought was different like i it, i thought that one episode was different but the whole series just people need to watch this and you really root for them and you know you feel when certain things happen you're like i don't know it's just a very good show but how awkward you can feel oh they absolutely. make you feel like he's a very awkward person and it makes you feel uncomfortable at times on how awkward the situation that they're in is right. But that's the life he lives and he doesn't feel that way. The way you're feeling on how awkward it is, he feels none of that. And it's just like, this is the way it is, man. Right. It's fun. Super fun. Uh, my number three, are you done with that? Yes. My number three is Uhtred, son of Uhtred, the last kingdom. God, I completely forgot about the last kingdom. Wow. How you could forget about Uh. this show. I well, don't know. Hi guys, my top 10 list is completely I just busted right it, now. didn't I? It would be number 3 for me. And that's my number 3. Um, so, take everything I just had, <laughs> bump it down one, drop Avenue 5 off the bottom because pff, what a joke. Right. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't even have that in the top 10. Bump that all down one. So, basically the exact same list as you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh very similar, but uh, my number 3 would be last kingdom too yes so my number three was last kingdom because uh this show took me by surprise far and away you told me about this you started watching it you're like this is a show everybody needs to watch i mean you finished the whole series before i ever even started watching it i think yeah um and amy and i binged a whole series in one day it took us like nine hours we finished the second season and then started the third um Finally finished the fourth not too long ago, but it just every season. Some people may think that it's about a character that gets beat down and never can succeed, but you eventually start to see where he's succeeding and where he's gaining ground and doing things that are is changing his life. And the way they tell the story and the action involved and the character development, I just have never seen it. You said to me when you first saw it. This is better than Game of Thrones. 
and I thought you were so ridiculous. I don't by even saying think that. about Game of Thrones anymore. I really don't either. I don't think about it at all. But you know what I do think about? Uhtred, son of Uhtred. <laughs> yep. The Last Kingdom. They they literally sucked me in. The, it's the character development. The way they developed all these characters to where you love each and end, every one of them in their own right, like for what they stand for and what they're doing, their own path, their own storyline, and how they all tie together just sold me. I love it. It's incredibly done. Those people are not getting as... The, the writers especially are not getting as much credit as they deserve because one episode, one one-hour episode has more story in it than most seasons of shows that you will see today. They travel through so much shit yeah. through these episodes that people are writing. And They're, it's fairly well-paced, too. I mean, oh, it, The pacing is great, but they just have so much content in these shows yeah. that... It is, it, and they're they're tying in content from past seasons and and like foreshadowing what's coming next. Unbelievable! Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And I guarantee you, they did not spend a ton of money on a lot of this. No, compared comparative to other shows. I mean, I think they spent a bundle, but they did, especially in later sh- in later seasons like three and four, because they didn't spend no Game of Thrones money. No. Has it doesn't even Game of Thrones money was like a hundred million dollars a season? No way. Doesn't even come close to that. And they don't need to. It's more realistic. It is, and it's more character driven than Game of Thrones. It's less about the spectacle and it's more about the characters. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Because the spectacle of Game of Thrones with the, was the dragons and all that kind of stuff. You don't need it in this show. And hyping up huge a huge battle that this was all in the dark. Right. Remember it ended that? up with being like Could really squinty guyed. Yeah. And I was like, maybe my TV's messed up. That last season, oh, it hurt. Yeah. It hurts me to think about how bad it was. They killed themselves. It, it ruined it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was your number three. My number three, again, was Last Kingdom as well. I, I co-opted that. So my, <laughs> my number two, going forward, okay. right? My number two is Toss a corn to, to your witcher. witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty, oh, Valley of Plenty, um, This show, I was looking forward to it. I played the video game. I enjoyed the video game. I was looking forward to it. I like Henry Cavill. I had my doubts, though. I had huge doubts about Henry Cavill and as then, this. And then I, even after watching the first episode, I was unsure what yeah. was going on. Oh, yeah. I was intrigued, but I fell in love with this show. It is great. It's probably the most anticipated thing of 2021 that I can think of other than anything related to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and Henry Cavill is, he, this is it. This is like his greatest role. This is going, and, and he's deep into this lore. He's into it, man. Like he's big he's a time. Nerd. First of all, he's a nerd and he's a huge gamer. Yeah. That's, I think, why he wanted to play this. Like he, he has been. YouTube videos of him building his gaming computer rigs. He does, and they get like a millions of views. It, they should. It's Henry Cavill. Yeah, um, he is so good in this show, and it's. I, I know that some people could look at it and say, "How can you say that he's so good when he plays a character that's so one note?" And to you, I'd say, "You're that, an idiot." Yeah, that's. You're looking at that very surface level. Yeah, he does it so well. But everything about this show is great. It's also way better than Game of Thrones. Um, I. I understand that some people will look at it and see it as being very campy. 
Especially in the mm-hmm. beginning episodes. Yeah. And to me, for me, I'll say, yeah. That's one of the things I enjoyed about it. I want it. to live in the camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is one of the things I enjoyed about it is that it is this like unapologetically fantasy-driven show that doesn't care about your feelings. Right. About what that means. And again, so a lot of people would say, well, Game of Thrones was fantasy and overly fantasy. But they did it so over the top compared to this. Like The Witcher did it in a way that you can believe. Like, yeah. yes, it's campy. Yes, it's sci-fi. It's very unapologetic. But you can believe it in that world. Everything that happens in the world is believable on that, it, like through that story. Game of Thrones was all over the place. Just There was just too much going on. So far in the first season of The Witcher... They and there have, is a lot going on in the first season of Witcher 2. Oh, There's there time is. travel abundant. So that's that's the only complaint I will have about the first season. Is it's confusing. That it can be very confusing with the, the jumping back and forth through time. It's confusing if you're not adept at this genre. But it, if you are... And to be honest, Google it. But I'm just and saying, fig- like, if, you'll figure if, it you're, out. if you are familiar with nerdy type entertainment, right. you understand what's going on. You get it. You can, you can position yourself. Amy watched it with me. I explained one aspect of the time traveling thing, and she got it from there on out. She yeah. knew it, and she's usually not able to comprehend that stuff uh, and doesn't want to. But I just explained one little aspect to her. She got it, and then flew from there and thought it was phenomenal. And to me, also another great thing is it felt very original. Again, it felt very original. It's it's treading in waters that have been done a million times before, but in a way that feels very different than anything that's been done before in that genre. Yeah, and that's Some why I enjoyed it. But scenes, I, I mean, oh it's hard. Gosh. It's hard to overstate that a lot of the greatness of the show, I think, is directly de- derived from Henry Cavill and how good he is in that role. Watching Henry Cavill fight people, like sword fight people, was one of the best things I've seen out of 2020. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. made things on me move that I didn't think a grown man could do. <laughs> Chris. Um, so yeah, that's my number two, and my guess is it's probably your number two it as well. absolutely <laughs> is. The Witcher is absolutely my number two. Um I don't know what else to That's say. That's got to be it. coming back pretty soon, right? That I was hope a, so. That was like a winter spring show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last. It had to be January or February. I would think it came out even maybe March. I feel yeah. like it was pre-pandemic. Um, let me look it up. I'm going to look at when it was released. More importantly, look at when season two comes out. Um, again, that also is a Netflix show. Don't get rid of Netflix, folks. Uh, season two is an August 17th release. Really? Yes. This is saying that this was released December 20th, 2019. I didn't watch it then. What, when? The Witcher. Original yeah, release Yeah, we, we didn't watch it then because I looked back in our episode notes and we watched it in 2020. Yeah, I didn't watch it in 2019. I didn't know it came out that long. I ago. watched it around the end of the year. 2019 and into 2020, but you didn't watch it till after I finished. Right, it. that's why I feel like it had to have been like February yeah. when it came out. That's why I was. That's when you watched that. it because that's when I finished it. Yeah, August 17th, 2020. It was around for a while, then I didn't. That's really I remember sad. not getting around to watching it, and then like kicking myself for that. Wow, what a great show though! Go back and watch that, guys, if you have never seen it. So now we're on to number one, Chris. 
What's your number one? Oh, my number one is, surprise, surprise, The Mandalorian. Jerry Snyder's number one is The, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> the Mandalorian season two blew it out of the water. And it's so interesting to me that a lot of my list, I've been talking about things that are new and different and different takes on things. Uh, Mandalorian's, it's completely different because it is it is constantly retreading. It is comfortably the same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just retelling classic storylines yeah. through the lens of Star Wars in a way that's brilliantly done. I've never seen a show like this in my life. I've never been a part of a show like this in my life. I feel like I am part of a family. <laughs> yeah. To, to and just family with people that other people that watch it, you just feel like you're bonded over something, something special. And to really understand what's going on, and that's why I said Rebels is so important. And you told me that beforehand, because so many people could be watching this and see, you know, spoilers about the dark saber portion of it. You could see the dark saber, and it would would have no weight to you when they reveal it. it has no weight to anybody when they reveal this blade um you would just think well that's just another random weapon that somebody would have it is not just some random weapon and it changes the whole course of that show and the story around what they're doing with it and who should hold it and why it's there and where it came from there is so much more to this show that happened prior that you never knew about and you know, maybe that's unfair to put on people. Maybe it's unfair that you should have to watch so many other episodes of so many other shows in order to understand it. But honestly, you need to do this. You need to watch Clone Wars and Rebels to really get the aspect of this show. And then once you get that, then you can watch The Mandalorian and see what's happening and then get into season two that we just experienced this year and really feel the full weight of everything that's going on with the dark saber and with Grogu, the child and, and season two was such an improvement over season one. And uh, season one was great, but season two just put the show on a whole nother level. Every episode went above and beyond the next. When we saw Ahsoka Tano, we thought this is the epitome of what star Wars can be like, here it is. And it wasn't that great of an episode. I mean, it was a great episode, but it was like, just kind of like, okay, and we got to see your live action. We're like, this is really great. But at the end of that, we're like, it's probably the last time we're going to see her this season. So what can they do after that? Punch you right straight in the dick. That's what they're <laughs> going to do. And that's what they did. They blew it out of the water every episode after that. Like the next episode just was with Cara Dune and like flying on a spaceship, beating people up. We thought that was great. Then the next episode, they're like projecting out into the earth. Grogu sits on a rock. Boba Fett. Boba Fett flies in, and they just fight star, uh, stormtroopers. And I don't even know. I'm so excited about everything that happens in this show. Yeah. Um, and then it's the incredible, incredible, incredible ending that ties this show into everything Star Wars is incredible. The promise it holds for the future uh, makes you feel incredible inside just thinking about this this show is really an achievement and 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 I want I want to reiterate on how brilliant it is because and how weird it is because yeah. before this show came out we 
on this podcast discussed making this show. We have. Our own version of it. But we were specifically saying to go back and do the tropes, to make the samurai movies, right. to make the westerns. And then they came out and did it. They, they made Kurosawa, did. you know, shot for shot, seven samurai right. films. They made uh, Quick uh, Quick in the Dead and, and uh, Clint Eastwood movies. They did them shot for shot, essentially, basically. They made these same a movies. Lot of the they made this show in a different setting on tropes that have existed since the 1930s. Um, which is exactly what we discussed doing in our comic book that we never finished, but, and it pisses me off a little bit, but also I'm glad I got to see it. I'm so glad I got to see this. This show, I watched the last episode two times within like eight hours of each other. I watched it one night after we got done recording. I watched it the very next morning uh, with my wife, and I cried that night and I cried in front of my wife the next morning and felt like a complete absolute ridiculous idiot but it's something that has been in my life forever and I assume she was like gonna make fun of me for it but she looked at me she's like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen <laughs> yes it is yeah. Amy yes it is my mom who's like who, who uh, with I'll give her credit she's a and, huge Star Wars fan but listening to us on this podcast and watching that show has gotten her to go back and start watching Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars, which is something she would never consider doing. No. Yeah. You know, she'd be like, it, animation, I'm not watching that. A lot of people are that way because, and they are taken aback by the animation, like I've said a bunch of times, but you have to just... And their show's made for children, but, uh, and I, I had an issue with Mark Bernard when he said this on his podcast. I, he said, Star Wars are movies made for children. And that bothered me at the time when he said it. But you think about it and you're like, yeah. That's fine. It is fine. That doesn't mean that adults it's Can't not it's for adults too, but it also it unlocks part of an adult to think and see things the way a child sees things, which is good. That's a good right. thing. You right. know, that's something to not be ashamed of. But I messaged I had messaged my brother um and told him I was like, Have you seen the last episode of Mandalorian? He's like, No, I haven't seen the last two yet. Like I need to catch up on it. I said, please watch these now. Like, you're the one who has that that got me into this stuff. You have to watch these last two episodes of The Mandalorian because we need to feel this together. <laughs> and he went back and watched it. And then we he FaceTimed me or uh like Facebook messaged me and we had a huge conversation about it, like what this changes. I'm not gonna spoil it if you haven't ever seen it, but the last episode of The Mandalorian changes the whole world of Star Wars going forward, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it and my brother and I literally sat there and talked about it for an hour um, about what this means, and it's it's huge. I can't I, think of a show that I can remember that had as much impact and as much promise for the future. As much impact on the past as it does on the future. Yeah. That's what's amazing about it is that it brings so much that you've grown up with and so much that you're hoping for together in one moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it gives you so much hope for the future of what's coming. And then they, and then they come out and they have that investors day and release all of this star Wars stuff that's coming out. And all we have to do is sit back and wait for it. And you know, released that the people that are responsible for this are the people in charge going forward. I can't say enough about how important that is. Right. You know, um, there's been a lot since 
the Mandalorian season finale, and since Wonder Woman has come out, there's been a lot of talk about how Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, has a Star Wars movie. She's making Rogue Squadron. Right. She She's making Rogue, Rogue Squadron, and she's also in charge of the show um, Acolytes. So she didn't write that after, but she's after that them. and after these two things occurred, there's the a lot of conversation abounding now of saying, Hey, make sure we have the right people involved. There's some budding heads in Disney right and now. And there's a lot of people out there saying, like, I like the fact that the people that are in charge give a shit so much. That's what we all want. And now they're looking at that and saying, Do we really want these people? that aren't giving a shit and maybe aren't making the best work, do we want them involved? Right. That's a good question to ask. It's and I'm abs- glad that Disney's asking those questions. So the problem is that The Acolyte is still a TV show that's coming out. That's not a problem. It could be fine. I'm just saying, I, and I didn't mean to bring it up to disparage anybody. I'm just saying I, I wanted to make the point that the people that are making this are the right people to be making this, and that's what gives me no hesitation going forward. To say... To be We're worried about anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a game changer. It really is. It changes the way we're going to watch TV. It changes everything we're going to watch. I mean, you can basically assume I, I think Snarf Talk podcast is going to have some sort of Star Wars talk. Forever now. <laughs> for the foreseeable future. I mean, um, I mean th- that's the other thing that's interesting to me is season two. So season one was amazing. Incredible. Yeah, but it. I don't know that it ca- caught the cultural zeitgeist. I think it caught it enough. It caught it to with, make season two as big as what it is. Season two has caught it for everybody. I don't think people understand how big this show is. No, n- now, now, but I mean, but not after season one. No, but like I said, season one put it on a platform to the point where season two could excel. Yeah. You can't have a season two like that that reaches everybody if you didn't have a season one that reached a certain amount of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would agree. Like reach a certain platform because there's so many shows like The Last Kingdom that didn't reach so many people on the first two seasons or three seasons and we end up stumbling upon it, right? On an, on Netflix. But it's too late. It's like so it's great. never going to catch hold now. Right. And it's never going to. But that was a big show too. But, but the still. first season of Mandalorian did because it was launched on a platform, a brand new platform. The only thing that I can think of in the recent history that has caught hold of the culture the way the Mandalorian has, has been Game of Thrones. Yes. And this is... I didn't want to say that, but yeah. That, that's, I mean, that had everybody watching. People that weren't even remotely interested. And it's because it was brand new at and, the time. Like, the, the, what they were doing was brand new. And uh, women at the forefront. Game of Thrones was their, like the primary demographic on that yeah. show. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if it was right at the beginning, but I don't know if people know that, but it was, that was their primary demographic. That's actually yeah. why they scaled back a lot of the sex and nudity Right, because going they, further than that show, and and the Mandalorian is also tapping into a huge female audience, and it, it's tapping into an everybody audience because it's also it getting children. How can you not? Yeah. So, and that's why it's all over the shelves at the toy store. Yeah, it is. Um, so and this we, we got a we got a child for Christmas. Did you? Mm-hmm. We did not get one. Graham got one. He carries it around everywhere. I saw how expensive they were. <laughs> I don't know who got it for him. Must have been Santa, because yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember it buying any of the gifts. But uh, 
he got he got a child. There you go. And he carries it around, and it's awesome. So, guys, we uh, are at two hours here. We were going to give you our big reviews of two huge movies that came out at Christmas, Wonder Woman 84 and Soul, as well as what we're watching. But we're not going to have time to do that. We really don't. We would run way too late in order to do that. We will do it. And I know everybody's got to be thinking, I wonder what Chris and Jerry are going to say about Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, and I have an opinion. And I got a lot to say. I have so much of an opinion of this movie. And boy, it's something. (laughs) So if you haven't seen those two movies, we will be talking in depth about them next week, Soul and Wonder Woman 84. Spoiler alert, one of them is really, really good. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be interested. Uh, so we're gonna so check those out. They're both uh, ones on Disney Plus, and yep. one is on HBO, HBO Max. Max. Um, <laughs> there's a hilarious joke that meme that I sent you today about Wonder Woman. Yes, I'm not even gonna bring it up because we'll talk about it next week. No, it'll be next week. You guys need to come back, tune in next week because we're gonna talk about that. Well, maybe we'll do it right off the top of the gate, just so. Yeah, I think we could because I've got a lot to talk about about what I'm watching. Yeah, me too. I'm watching a lot of stuff. I have been rewatching. You gave me a great idea of rewatching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh yeah, that's what so I started doing. So I started doing that as well. Okay. So oh, we can discuss that because discuss. I've got so much to talk about with that yeah. move, those movies. So we're going to talk about uh, a lot of Lord of the Rings, Wonder Woman, and um, all the other stuff, and a few others because I've watched a lot of things. Yeah, because you basically don't work anymore. Well, I do tomorrow. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that sucks. So, for Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. <laughs>